0: Visit LiveNation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: at and Connects, an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
2: Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpal Ibrance 125-milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-NBC negative as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit iBrandt's.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
1: If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join
3: the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Welcome to Drink Champs, a production of the Black Effect and iHeartRadio. And it's Drink Champs motherfucking podcast. Make make some noise! He's a legendary Queens rapper. Hey, hey, Segre, this your boy N-O-R-E. He's a Miami hip-hop yeah, pioneer. One of his DJ E-F-N. Together, they drink it up with some of the biggest players. You know what I mean? In the most professional, unprofessional podcast And your number one source for drunk facts. It's drink Champs, motherfucking
4: podcast. Where every day is New Year's Eve. Let's, it's time for Drink Champs. Drink up, Motherfucker.
1: What it good be, hopefully, you it still be. This is your boy, N-O-R-E. What up? is DJ E-F-N. And this is Drink Champ Yappy Hour. Make some noise! Right now, we have an author. We have a minister. Radio host. A professor.
3: An intellect.
1: intellect. I love to hear this brother speak. I remember seeing him on Bill Moore just handling people. Like, just... I remember, you know, this is one of and and, and I, I was naming all his titles, but besides all that, he's a brother. Mm. Hold it down, can talk so. It's like he's it's like he's spitting bars mm. when he talks. His speeches, his the way he delivers the words. So he he, he hit me the other day and I said, hey brother, and I said, I need you. <laughs> and he showed up. So, case y'all don't know who the hell we talking about, we talking about the one, the only, Michael Eric Dyson. Make
5: the noise! Hey,
1: yo. <laughs> so we go, we gonna get straight to the point. We ain't Let's gonna get to we ain't gonna fool around. <laughs> right. I said, drink champs. You know, uh, we're 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 uh, we're not a political show, right? right this right. this is not why people come here, uh, and we don't we don't really. You know, prep our guests and say, yo, this is what we're going to ask. So this is what we're going to do. It's kind of like a free fall. You just come here and things just happen. Right. So this is for those who's tuning in. This is our first episode since the Kanye West episode. You might (laughs) have seen other episodes that dropped, but this is not. This is the very first (laughs) what recorded episode since the Kanye West. So what did you think when you first heard heard, uh, or saw Kanye on the show?
4: Well, first of all, I'm such a huge fan of this show. I watch every well, episode. Well, let's noise, <laughs> <laughs> Right? And back when when we were at Diddy's Christmas yes, party years right, ago, right. You got my number, said, yeah. "Look, I yeah. want you to come on." Right. So I'm finally, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're finally able to work it out for right. the
1: people to know this. Hold on, hold on. I invited this man <laughs> on the show about two, two or three years ago, something like yes, that. Sir. I came with you. I was so excited early to meet dream you. Early champ. Yeah, early drinks out right. because. I truly understand that this is the balance that we need. You yeah, understand what I'm right, saying? If right. we cover a story that um, that wasn't right, right. I want to I want to fix it. That's right. so 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 again. Let's, let's let's go back to that. So what did you what did what, was you getting phone calls? Was people calling you saying, "Man, Kanye West is on your your, your
4: yeah. friend's show." Yeah, that's right. You say your man. You know, that's the dude, you love. What is up, So <laughs> He done cut the con and he got to the yay. Yeah. So uh, the thing is, look. Mm. I've known Kanye for a while, so let wow. me put my card straight on the table. Oh, wow. Let me tell you how I came to know Kanye. Wow. So I'm texting Jay, Jay Z, <laughs> after Thanks
5: the. Let's make no, <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no. I'm not trying to floss, but but going to get that stuff out your teeth. So the, the thing is, is that this is right after the VMAs, right? Mm-hmm. When he does the Taylor Swift thing. Okay. Uh, okay. I was in the audience. Oh, wow! When Kanye did what he did, right? right? And we were. All, it was like the Oscars. Is right. that a joke? Is right. that is that arranged? Right. Right. And then afterward, when it went down, and he was taking all the heat. I'm texting Jay going, I'm not feeling that. Right. I said, because what Kanye was trying to do in that moment is right. to say, black artists have always been appropriated, expropriated, denounced, and then they took all their content, and then the gifts that they have have been abused, and mm-hmm. then they don't get the recognition for it. They make mm-hmm. the, dom- the dope and bomb albums, but mm-hmm. they don't get the recognition. Mm-hmm. right? I'm imagining that night uh, Little Richard was going like, go ahead, mm-hmm. cause, uh-huh. cause wh- give me my Grammy. <laughs> right? I bet Chuck Berry was like, yo, where was somebody when I deserved a Grammy that maybe was given to Elvis. Mm -hmm. So I saw it in the historical context. Yeah, he was drunk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he went up there and did something rude. I love Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, he was representative of a culture that Mm -hmm. was tired of being abused. Mm -hmm. So I told Jay, I'm not down with all the hate that's coming to Kanye. He says, do me a favor you know, send it to my email mm-hmm. and I'm gonna send it to Ye, mm-hmm. Kanye. Mm-hmm. So I did the thing, he sent it to Kanye. That's how me and Kanye first mm-hmm. met years and years ago. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking back and forth. He done posted some of my stuff, my tweets, uh, text to him mm-hmm. uh, in public. That's why I don't feel bad about going public now because God dang. You, you, you ain't you ain't had asked me, because you post my stuff? So uh, let's have a public conversation, you know? So I love, let me be clear, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. He's extraordinarily talented, but I think uh, dealing with the mental health issues that he confronts, whether he wants to admit them or not, Mm -hmm. that's part of it. Another part is that the mental health may exacerbate tendencies that already Mm pre-exist, that the conditions that underlie, just like when you talk about COVID. Mm -hmm. COVID brings out some of the other stuff that has been hampering you, high blood pressure, diabetes, Mm -hmm. and so on. So in this sense, the mental health issues and struggles that he's been uh, clear and quite transparent about may have also touched off our analysis of some of his politics and ideology that are problematic. He's a genius and a menace. Mm-hmm. He's a genius and a nuisance. Mm-hmm. He's a genius who does extraordinary things, but this ain't his strong suit. Right. Talking about George Floyd right, yeah. is not your strong suit. Right. And I know you've been deeply inspired and influenced by Candace Owens, mm-hmm. uh, the conservative uh, right-wing host who lives in, Phil- uh, in uh, Nashville like I do. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, who are you listening to? Who's your diet? You know, this is not whole foods this is not a grocer that is of reputable stuff. You're you getting it from a ghetto grocer mm-hmm. and you're pumping that stuff back into the consciousness of the people. Mm-hmm. And it's sounding deeply, profoundly ignorant. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that, well, uh, he wasn't calling his mama, it was his what his girlfriend was called. Regardless, that may have been true, but the point is, he's calling to his mother who had recently died mm-hmm. and he's feeling a kinship and intimacy with her. Mm-hmm. And then talking about fentanyl was what caused this death. Bruh, when they did Martin Luther King Jr.'s autopsy at 39 years old. They discovered he had the heart of a 63-year-old man. Now, that's my age, so I hope that was pretty damn good. Uh, (laughs) But it's saying for 39, you shouldn't have a 63-year-old heart. Is that what killed him? No, it was the bullet from James Earl Ray. So, Mr. West, brother, Uh, yay, Kanye, it was the force applied by a white supremacist cop. Now, whether he had intention to hate black people, Mm -hmm. the function of his knee on the neck of George Floyd, despite Floyd saying, I can't breathe, Please get up. He was being extremely nice. He wasn't belligerent. He wasn't nasty. He wasn't vituperative. He wasn't hating. He wasn't cussing the man out. He was saying, I can't breathe. And this man didn't hear him. It was the pressure applied by the knee of Derek Chauvin. And by the way, the black cop who was on his back and the white cop who was on his knees and his torso and the Asian cop who was lookout. That's multiculturalism for you. That's why diversity has to be toward a goal of equality because you can have diversity towards some messed up goals. Kanye West, to me, has an extraordinary platform. He says he wants independent thought. How are you being independent in the circumference of MAGA, in the circumference of Donald Trump? Let me give you another story. I had just written a book, uh, Tears We Cannot Stop a Sermon to White America. And so I was uh, out in l a on book tour, and I come out of this warehouse looking place where I'd done uh, a show, and the brother standing there, and I I said, is that Kanye I said, hey, man, what's going on and, Oh, man, what's happening blah 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 that's your book sign right it was at my book it okay. was at it was it was at a recording of a show that was talking about uh, my book, but he happened to be outside where i was was coming out. So he told his companion, he said, you know who this is, this is Michael Eric Dyson, blah, blah, blah. And then he, you know, we talked a bit. This is right after he had, you know, announced his support for Trump. So I went to my car, knock, knock, knock on the window, And as Jay's saying, you know, hey, I'd like to talk to you about what's going on. So for the next half hour, we chopping up. I'm saying, why is it that you, a rhetorical genius, a verbal master, in complete control of an aesthetic expression of hip-hop that we hadn't seen in ever, Mm. you brought together in the Midwest the soul traditions, digging into the crates to give us a sonic texture that continues to thrive today. It's so dense with blues and with with R&B and the love ethic of black people. Why would you leverage all of the genius you've created as a result of your own gifts for a man who is mediocre, who is a bigot, who has no concern for any beyond him, who is a lethal narcissist? He says, so what do you think I should do? I said, I think you should distance yourself from him. I don't think that that's something healthy for you. So when he says, you know, people can't think and they can't be independent, who are you independent from? white supremacy is a dominant stream in American society. The belief that black people uh, should not say black lives matter, you're wearing a white lives matter t-shirt, it might be cute to you, it might be an aesthetic representation of your imagination going crazy, but the bottom line is we know white lives matter. That's why we say black lives matter. You ain't got to say something that's apparent. When you come to the crib and you got your wife and kids there and you want to be daddy, you ain't got to say, hey, remember, I'm daddy. They already know you daddy. If you in control, daddyism is in your DNA. But when you announce it, that means... It hasn't been made clear. So when we say Black Lives Matter, we're saying that black lives have been disrespected, have been degraded, have been denied access, have been treated as if they were second-class citizens. White folk already got the advantage. So you wearing a White Lives Matter T-shirt may be cute to you, but it's destructive, it's harmful, and it hurts the core of black America in this nation. And for Kanye to say, look, I want to be independent, I'm for independent thought. So let's hold you to account. Let's ask you what you're talking about. Let's speak about the inter- interests and intentions you have by going to Paris, appearing there, radiating a toxic racial identity that has been destructive not only to black people, but to white people too. Whiteness has been a destructive reality for white folk themselves. That's where they're trying to struggle with it as well. So those are some of the things I thought off the top of the dome when I saw that.
1: You you know what was was crazy is, when he first wore the White Lives Matter right. t-shirt, he, I think this is—he had left Gap, right. and he had went to uh, Fashion Week, right, right. And I think that I think this is why I think I'm, a, I'm an outsider looking in as an insider looking out. Right. Um, I think he only wore the White Lives Matter to steal the attention away from Fashion Week. Sure. I think he didn't actually think about the people that was hurt by it. I think I think he was just thinking like, you know what? now our own fashion week. Right, right, right. And and, it, and and it's crazy, but he actually got the goal done. If that was the goal, you know what I'm saying? For all the attention to just go to him. Like, once that picture got up, you know what so I'm trying to
4: say?
3: say that clearly if that's the goal?
1: Uh, but I if mean, not
4: only that, why not say cracker's gonna crack?
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would have got... Now, I don't believe that for those listening. <laughs> right, right. But I'm saying, if you're trying to get attention, right. why not say that? Why not say... Angela Davis rocks. Why not say black suffering needs to be talked about like pornography? Right? Right? There's a lot of stuff he could have said. Because when you are that person, what you do comes out. So the choice he made, he can't be he can't escape responsibility for. Because when you said that, if you're only thinking about yourself, that's part of the problem. You claim to be a leader in terms of thought. You claim to be independent but you are subordinate to a kind of thinking and logic. This is what we mean by white supremacy. It don't mean that every white person hates black people. That's not what white supremacy is. White supremacy is the conscious or unconscious belief in the inherent superiority of one group and the inherent inferiority of all others. So when you're performing that, your own anti-blackness, Kanye, you a black man who's being anti-black. Take, for example, um, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Now, Clarence Thomas is a dark-skinned black man. Ain't nobody going to miss that he a Negro. But at the same time, when he opens his mouth, white supremacist ideas, Mm -hmm. white supremacist thought, Mm -hmm. white supremacist rhetoric, white supremacist logic is coming out. And then his wife wowed out on the January 6th tip, writing letters and emails to uh, figures within the Trump administration to amp up their resistance uh, to what's going on in this country by stealing the vote or saying the vote was stolen. All of this, Kanye, you are buying into that. If you're naive, you're still dangerous. If you're intentional, you're destructive. But regardless of what your intent was, the consequent was horrible. And if he didn't mean it, he could have said by now, you know what? I was tripping. Right. It was a ploy to get no. some recognition. But no. what I did was destructive. I don't think he believes that. I think he actually meant what he said, and we have to take him at his mm. word.
1: Like, I spoke to Talib Kwali this morning. And uh, we were chopping it. I told him I had you right. come in. And um, he said that what, what it was spreading was white supremacy, like how you right. said. right. How can how how can that how, isn't that an oxymoron a black man su- su- spreading white supremacy
4: yeah how, how can that how can those two exist right that's a great point well that's why I said even with Clarence Thomas it's ventriloquism mm. black mouth open white mm. ideas coming forth so you know mm. how that works right. you the one talking but somebody else's voice is being amplified. Mm -hmm. So you can take into your own, You know, we used to call in the old days, internalized white oppression. Mm -hmm. In other words, you become the most uh, effective vehicle for the spread of white supremacy, because you get a pass. He Mm -hmm. can't be white supremacist, he's black. He can't be anti-black, he's black himself. Well, that's the thing with Clarence Thomas. How are you gonna claim Clarence Thomas is anti-black? Because he's a black man, don't mean he can't be against black people. We see it every day, don't we call it black on black crime? Mm -hmm. I think that's a problematic, Moniker, I think that doesn't describe what's going on. But at the end of the day, when a black person takes the life of another black person and not a white person, that is what we are doing. So we can see rhetorically, verbally, intellectually, ideologically, politically, any way, academically, scholarly, any way you want to put it. Hmm. You as a black person can talk about ideas that are destructive to black people. Hmm. What, did, what did Zora Neale Hurston say? All my kinfolk. I mean, all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. Right. And what she meant by that is that certain ideas hibernate in the unconscious of black people and come out at very interesting moments when they began to reinforce the very ideas that hurt and harm us. So that's the oxymoronic statement. New scholarship has talked about anti-blackness and and trying to be an anti-racist because black people themselves can harbor horrible beliefs that are destructive to our people. Uh, You want to see the perfect example of that? Look at Stephen in Django. Look at Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson is a friend of mine. When I saw right. him, I said, Negro, I wanted to knock your black off. What's well, funny is it Kanye
1: said the same thing, though. Right. Kanye, go ahead, go, go You're yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but
4: yeah. Kanye, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't be playing the role that you despise <laughs> right, 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 right. So Stephen is up here. Mm-hmm. He is more effectively expressing the ideas of white dominance, mm-hmm. white privilege, white superiority, and black subordination to them than any any white person ever could. So that's what we mean when we we say black people ourselves can begin to express ideas that are harmful and destructive to our own communities
1: because on one hand it was it was confusing for me and I've been doing this for 6 years I'm not a journalist I'm not a therapist but right. I'm a realist I'm a humanist right. Right. and it was confusing to me at, at times because he'll say you know uh, the white lives matter shirt, but then he'll then he'll preach black excellence. Right. So right. I was confused because he was like, "Yo, I want our community to have this. I want our community. I want us to do this." And 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 it's like, how does they? How does that both exist? Like, yeah, that's part and, and, of the problem. And the fact is, he is a genius. So it's like, there's no question. It's like kind of like hard to like to to distinguish like which part do you actually. That's a great point. You know what I'm
4: saying? Look, we can acknowledge his genius, but his genius is in certain areas. You know, when you're a genius, you ain't a genius at everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? You could be, Einstein was a mathematical genius, but he could hardly keep his clothes clean. So he wasn't no clean genius. Right. Right. Like
1: Pharrell told me yesterday, Pharrell told me this was his analogy. He called me, he said, Oh, well, people don't go to ESG, ESPN to talk about stocks.
4: Right, right. Thrilling <laughs> yeah, so, so line, there yeah, it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to respect the genre. You know, what <laughs> right. is your genre? Uh, I'm a gangster rapper, so uh, I'm going to spit that. Right, right, I'm not uh, a conscious rapper. I'm uh, not common. Right, right, I can't talk right. about elevated ideas of black identity. Because right, right. that ain't what I do, right? right? I can't say that, uh, hey, I will. I can't buy you a new purse, but I will match your work. Nah, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I got you a Birkin, open up. So, <laughs> so you got to understand what you good at. Right. And Kanye is great at music. Kanye is great at you know productivity mm-hmm. within the concepts of aesthetics mm-hmm. and fashion. Kanye is great mm-hmm. at producing. Kanye is great at being Kanye as a provocative figure. What Kanye ain't great at right. is understanding the relationship between what he does and the political consequences that 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 result from that. Right. Now, if he's conscious of it, if he goes, "I dare you to say that I'm I'm conscious, I'm a genius, I know what I'm doing." Well, then we gonna have to really hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. But your genius is not in this area. Area. It's right. it's gobbledygook. It's confused. On the one hand, you talk about Black Excellence, and he's right. made some brilliant music with Jay right. on "Watch the Throne." Right. From Black Excellence, Black Murder to Black Excellence, beautiful, mm-hmm. uplifting, mm-hmm. powerful. Then you turn right around, and you make you know crack music. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about that black music and talking about Ronald Reagan and destroying black communities, you're going like, wow, that's powerful. Or when his mother took him and his uh, parents took him to march in civil rights marches, that's powerful. That's beautiful. George Bush doesn't care for black people. That's great. Then you flip so easily on this other side where you demonizing black people, where you saying white lives matter, where now George Bush doesn't care for black people, now you saying that white lives matter, you're proving to certain black people that Kanye doesn't care about black people. So, so. So there's no question that Kanye is confused, but his confusion has consequence because he has such a monumental platform. Yes. And the reason we respond to him is not because we don't love him. I suspect right. that he'll hear me, you you're, you, betrayed me, you're supposed to be my friend. No, right. sir. The old black people say, where you did it, where you messed up, is where you get it, where right. you're going to get your punishment. Right. right? Exactly. I'm not administering any punishment. Right. All of us are frail and fl- uh, fragile and flawed. Right. I've made many mistakes. Right. I pray to God, people forgive me. Right. The women, the men, the children that I hurt inadvertently or ininten- uh, intentionally, forgive me. Right. So I believe, I don't believe in cancel culture. Right. I don't believe in disposable human beings. Right. I believe if people mess up, then they, are, they should be allowed to come back into the fold. But you right. got to admit what you did right. was wrong. And Kanye, Broker's no acceptance, Brooks, no acceptance, has no understanding of responsibility by saying, I did this, I said this, it's jacked up. He thinks what he says is right, and at this very moment, he needs to be held to public account for the public distress and harm that he has caused and the trauma that he's imposed upon the the, the black people in America.
1: right. No, I think I think we should make some noise for that. I All think right. we should make some noise for that. But um, so how do how like cause me like I, and I heard you say it too. Right. Like I do I do love Kanye, right? I love him. I, I, I love I, I, him. I mess with him. And what's crazy about me and him is our relationship is never political, right? So I didn't understand. I like not to say because I'm I'm guilty too for for not. Being aware of what happened on on my platform, sure. But most of the time, me and him speak is never, never political. Right. So how do how do I move forward? Like, s- still love my friend, right. but. I'm absolutely against his political views. I'm,
4: but but yeah. that's still my friend. Of course, you gotta you got tell him that. You gotta right. say, yay, look, I love you. Yes. What you're doing is amazing. Now, if he's mature enough to accept your critique right. in love, that's right. why I do it in love. I'm not right. coming on here to try to harangue him, to right. harass him, to demonize him. That's right. not what I'm trying to do. However, or as James Brown would say, and never, what uh-huh. we got to do is get into the thick of it. And bruh, I love you. Right. I respect your genius. You're in a remarkable, creative, in in this American society, but what you're doing is problematic. Right. And, and when you say, look, I understand what you mean when you say it's not explicitly political. Right. But you know, most of life is political. Right. This water... This, this, this booze of right. uh, sitting here in a neighborhood in Miami, right? right? This is all political right. because somebody had to make the decision about what zoning was available. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, how could this bar or this club exist here? Mm. That's politics. Politics is about what school your kids go to and mm. do they get a good education? So, in one mm. sense, your show is extremely political because it broadcasts and amplifies the diversity of black identity and hip hop at its heart. That's a deeply yeah. and profound. Mm. Political statement in a culture that doubts the humanity and the intelligence of black people.
1: That's what's up. You That's, what's up. <laughs> That's, what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Because, because um, and, and you and you, I believe you say you're 65, right? Yeah,
4: 63.
1: So, okay, okay. So let, let me not give you them two years. Yeah, right. But, um, so uh, have you in these 63 years have right. you ever seen something like this prior?
4: I mean, obviously you know, people have done horrible things, made mistakes, Mm -hmm. uh, effed up and so on. I mean, we ain't that far past the Oscars. Right. right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. oh right. yeah. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and Will Dra- Smith
1: like, go oh, Kanye right now. Right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know Will, too. He's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> I'm, man. I'm and, yeah, I know you're jaded and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> take that attention <laughs> off of my ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, or, you know, we Draymond Green just right. punched, right. you know, Jordan Poole. Now, right. it didn't have the significance right. and the impact of this. And arguably, obviously, Will Smith's slap of Chris Rock and both of them are dear friends of mine and Mm -hmm. I love them. I'm in the same Mm -hmm. dilemma as you. Mm -hmm. I love both of these men. Mm -hmm. Geniuses at what they do. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary human beings. Mm -hmm. One of them made a horrible mistake in publicly uh, humiliating another black man. And that black man is left to deal with the consequences of that. Even though he says he's fine. The depression, the trauma, the internal sense of self- questioning. Should I have done this? And if I had done something differently, could I have then, could it have led to a different Consequence, but what Kanye has done is to amplify the worst instincts of white folk against black folk, Mm -hmm. and he's done it as as a sheep, in in one sense as a wolf in sheep's clothing, because if you come as a friend. Defending us in your music, defending us in your culture and politics, although a lot of black people would say it's been a long time since he's been defending us. Mm -hmm. He's been offending us a lot longer. But the point is that Kanye West has had moments where he has stood up high and powerful in the culture. George Bush Bush making music. I mean, when he's talking about blackness, going up on that stage with Taylor Swift saying Beyonce deserved that. All my single ladies, all my single ladies, uh-oh, oh! Even the Pope was singing that. If you really want me to be Pontiff, put a put a ring on it. So the point is, that was deeply and profoundly consequential and influential. But another a compatriot of his, I won't name his name, a famous musician said, but when I was hanging with Kanye, we never talked politics like you were saying. We ain't talked about, so Kanye was never really explicitly political, even though his statements had political consequence. Mm -hmm. It wasn't his intent, it's just what happened. As my pastor used to tell me, a mosquito don't mean you no harm, it just wants some blood, but it can give you malaria. Mm. So Kanye may have meant this to be uh, exciting. He may have meant this to be controversial. Although I suspect it's deeper than that, but the consequence to us is that we've got a kind of psychological malaria. We've got racial harm and trauma being delivered to us, and Kanye must be made aware of that. Either he's going to accept that responsibility and go, let me do something different, but I suspect the crowd he's hanging out with now is telling him, "You're brave. You're yeah. courageous. You're doing a good thing." He's hanging out with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, this orange apparition, this guy, <laughs> this guy who, when when Twitter was existing and he was on it, uh, got up every morning to excrete the feces of his moral depravity into a nation he turned into his psychic commode. He was doing horrible, devastating, nasty stuff to us. And for Kanye to amplify that, for Kanye to amen that, come on, bro, you are now contagious. You got the COVID of racial self-hatred or at least hatred of black folk. And you got to quarantine for a minute right. to get that shit straight. <laughs>
3: Hold on. Is it, is it, could it be an extreme version of trying to reach greatness or on your way to greatness, you're going to have those failures and those potholes? Sure. Because you, you, we see the genius in him. We right. see when he does really great things, but he's still trying to rise to this greatness that he hasn't achieved it in his mind. Is it full of those failures and
4: potholes that we're seeing? Of course. I mean, look, Kanye is a genius rising even higher, doing incredible things. But part of that genius has to be the ability to acknowledge a moral mishap, an ethical failure. I did something and it's wrong. You can't be just denied. Nope, I don't care. I did it. I said it. That's cool. Let me keep moving on. We can't move on because you've left us with the consequences, right? Mm -hmm. You the baby. You done crapped in the diaper. You want to move on. We got to change that diaper. We got to deal with the consequences of it. So Kanye undeniably is rising to higher heights in terms of his fashion presence and being a billionaire. I know he keeps saying he's the richest black man in America. That would be Robert Smith. Mm, Right? Robert Smith worth nearly $7 billion. Robert Smith who stood at Morehouse College and said, let me forgive $40 million of your loans. Mm. That's what a Negro with money does. (laughs) That's what a black man with bank does. That's what a black billionaire does. Now, I know there are a lot of people out here speaking about racial capitalism and trying to talk about the subversion of American economy for black people predicated upon being a billionaire. I get that. That's a different argument for a different day. I'm just saying Kanye West is trying to do the best he can, but the best he can is hurting and harming us, and you're hanging out with people. You know, he's hanging out with Candace Owens, and God bless her. Uh, Candace Owens is a highly intelligent young lady doing her thing. I deeply and profoundly disagree with her. If you want to hang out with some brilliant, beautiful black women, uh, call up Treva Lindsay uh, at Ohio State University. A brilliant woman who wrote a book called America Goddamn. a tremendous feminist. If you want to hang out with some young, brilliant, beautiful black women, call uh, Brittany Cooper, who wrote a book called eloquent rage about feminism in America and the way in which black feminism has to be assaulted, has been assaulted both from within the culture and beyond. If you want to hang out with brilliant black women, talk to Salamisha Tillett, who just won a Pulitzer Prize and writes for the New York Times and wrote a book on the making of the color purple. If you want to hang out with brilliant black women, talk to Stephanie Jones Rogers, who won National Book Award and wrote a book, They Were Her Property, about white women owning black women at UCLA. If you want to hang out with brilliant black women, Women, there's so many others who are available to talk to you, and they love hip hop, and they're dope, and they got mad swag. Do that, bruh. Mm-hmm. Just learn some different black women. That right. would be helpful to begin with. Right,
1: right. Because I guess that's I guess that's what he was trying to do is, is say. Uh, I believe Snoop critiqued him at one time. Snoop said that he didn't have black women around him. Right. And then and then and now people are critiquing him because not only did he get a black woman, but he got somebody that believes in a total different.
4: Right. That's a great point. But she ain't his woman. Right, right. That's right. different. When, when the woman at your crib, right. like, Negro, <laughs> I know you a big-time professor and everything, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but you need to slow that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slow down, yeah. makes you killing right. them, all right. Right? Right, right? You need that pillow talk, <laughs> right, right, right? The right. pillow may be white, but the black woman is radiating some intense blackness. Right. And that makes a difference. I'm not trying to judge what he does because Kanye predicted it. He said, "You first thing you're going to do when you get famous, go get a white girl, right? right. He said that in his right. own music. And I'm for, look, Love who you will. If you and this microphone can get together, y'all get down. Hey, I love you. I love you too. Why do you love me? You amplify me. All
5: right?
4: So if y'all can have little baby, little microphone s. Uh, so I'm I'm for that uh, for sure. But the problem is, is that yes, having a black woman in your life, an intelligent, informed, incisive, and in, you know, incredibly caring black woman, makes a difference in this country and in this world. But if you, as you said, if you talk to Ones who don't necessarily curry the same kind of favor or carry the same kind of burden uh, that their hearts rend because of what black people confront, then yeah, you in trouble.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Sum41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast
2: cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrant's Palbocyclip. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about iBrants and visit iBrants.com. tests, diarrhea, hair thinning, or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
6: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand Temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert snagajob.com where America goes to hire.
3: Hey, yo, Haz, hold up a second. I got something to say. Addiction is a treatable disease, but finding the right treatment can be overwhelming and confusing. Shatterproof, a national nonprofit, is here to help without judgment. At Shatterproof, Their goal is to help you find addiction care that meets your needs and leads to better health and long-term recovery. When you visit Shatterproof.org, there's an entire section that helps you learn everything you need to know about alcohol and substance use disorder. There's also a Find Help section to help you find the support you may need. Get help today by visiting Shatterproof.org. Again, get help today by visiting Shatterproof.org.
1: Let me change with the subject just a little mm-hmm. bit, and we'll get back to it. Right. Um, the the woman that's locked up in Russia.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think that would be different if if she was any other race?
4: Talking about the basketball, the, the Brittany, basketball, player, Brittany, yes. Griner, Brittany, Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner, that's, that's, yes. who just had her birthday what yes. yesterday, yes. right? Yes. There is no question that if she wasn't a woman who challenged the sexual norms. She's married to a woman, but she's a dominant ball player. She is a phenomenal uh, cultural icon. There is no question. Even LeBron had to admit it. That was was him over there? I want you
1: to remember your thoughts, but... I admitted that I smoked weed in Russia. You was with me one time. You smoked right. weed in Russia. You do, right? Come out. EFN. You got us. You got us. Uh, Onyx admitted. Like, this was, this is like a normal thing for rappers to go to Russia and right. get weed. Right, right, Like, so this right. is kind of crazy for, 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 for me, but, but continue. Right. No, no, to... you're
4: absolutely right. Mm-hmm. We know it's arbitrary, but see, that's the point. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a strong man. You're dealing with a dictator. You're dealing mm-hmm. with a fascist. You're dealing with a person who saw her Um, being arrested as a moment that he could leverage her body in Russia for his advantage in fighting America. Now, if it had been Donald Trump, look how Donald Trump was vicious by saying, you know, she shouldn't have been doing what she was doing. He didn't support her. He no, didn't really? stand with her he as an American. No. So, oh, my God. Oh, I he know doubled that. down on Russia's incarceration of her and harmed her. This is another reason, just by tangential relationship. Yeah, that's that's what did. I'm saying, Kanye. Look who you are supporting. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this kind of dude, wow. right, who is anti-black at his heart. Wow. They, they, they held him and his daddy responsible for doing stuff with real estate back in the 70s and 80s. Took out a full-page page ad against the so-called Um, You know Central Park 5 and they're exonerated 5 now. But the point is, that's who you're supporting. But yes, this black woman, had she been anybody else, even a straight black woman, would have received more support than a queer black woman with a black wife, both of them beautiful, intelligent women, but who are being used as a pawn and a patsy by a Russian government to get back at America. And he's a dictatorial fascist person appealing to a dictatorial fascist impulse within the country that is Donald Trump and those who follow him for the most part. And this is why, again, Kanye West's support of him is so undignified, it's so harmful to black people and so destructive to the fundamental process of American democracy.
1: But let me be devil's advocate. Right. Why are we not hearing Kamala, Kamala as a black woman right, doing more for her? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like right. this, this is kind of like the time for her to like, rise. For her right. to rise. Because I'm going to be honest, uh, and I know what I'm about to say is not going to be popular. Right, right. But in the, in the cities, people is, is kind of like, they're like done with the Joe Bidens. Like, they're yeah. done with the with the Kamala. We, it doesn't feel like there was any change. Like, you know, after a while, the first four years of Obama, we were, the hood right. was happy. We were right. like, and then that last four years, the hood kind of covers like, yo, Obama, where is our black? Where right. is our black, you know, piece of the pie? Something for, for something like it, it felt like obama didn't do like like a, a black agenda that that was just for you know, black people no. to, to, to help us. Absolutely. And then now with K- Kamala coming in, we saying that. And then we're saying, at least, can we go get the girl from Russia?
4: Right. Co- well, we- let me let me address that directly, because I know all the people you're talking about. I know right. Obama. I know Kamala Harris. Goddamn, let's love
1: the fraud. No, no, you I know the president. You right. Right. Yeah. Okay.
4: I, I mean? I okay. mean, <laughs> and I know Joe Biden, Joe, <laughs> hey, You know Joe but, Biden, but, but let me say, because oh. I'm about to say some critical L- stuff, Let's too. go. Cool. Now, the thing is, is that Kamala Harris, however, as a sitting vice president, doesn't want to do something by a public intervention that will count negatively against Britney Griner. So in other words, if they behind the scenes trying to work it out, right. okay. you gotta ask yourself a question. Okay. Do you want the commercial? Okay. Or do you want the product? Okay. Right? Because you can get the commercial, yes, come here and right. your teeth will right. be clean tomorrow. <laughs> right? Or do you just not announce that and just have clean yeah, teeth? Yeah, yeah. Right? There's a serious you, war going on it's in It's a war of this, right. going on. Very they're serious. using her body. As a war zone, and they are criminalizing her blackness, her queerness, and her Americanness at the same time. so to kamala to Kamala in Kamala's defense, the Vice President Kamala Harris, she can't say much right now because then the people over in Russia get mad. Oh, really? Oh, okay. uppde black woman saying crazy things. Now we gonna punish the black woman. Okay. So that I give her a pass on. Yeah. however, because the woman already got 29 years. She's sentenced. Well, 10 years at least. She oh. got 10 years. Damn. But she got 10 years, and what they're trying to do now is to negotiate a prisoner exchange so that they can release some real thug uh. in America, some real criminal who uh. did some horrible things in exchange for her. So they're uh. trying to leverage her, and they're upping the ante. The worse the war gets over there, the more critical America is of Russia in regard uh, to Kiev and in regard to what's going on in the Ukraine, then her body begins becomes even more of a precious bounty to be used by Russia. But let me say this, though. Yes. The same folk who mad now, and I get it Mm -hmm. because I be telling black people to vote all the time, well, it ain't working out. Dude, a lot of stuff don't work out. A lot of stuff don't work out. You got to keep trying. You, I know you a first time person. The person I voted for didn't win. Dude, that's the nature of the game, right? I made an album. It didn't sell five million. Okay, make another one. All right, keep working. Go on the internet. Up your profile. Wear a white. Okay. So the point is, right? So the point is that that the same black folk mad at Biden now, wasn't mad at Obama when Obama wasn't doing diddly squat for black people in this country. Now, I'm a person who was twice a surrogate for Barack Obama. That means I went out, I spoke for him, I told people to vote for him. I have no regrets about that. But the moment after each time he was elected, I was his critic. I was his critic because before you were president and after you president, you I'm still Michael life. Eric Dyson. Yeah. I'm right. still committed to black people. No one black journey is greater than the black journey. Mm. Your individual life as a black person cannot outweigh, outweigh the fortunes of black people. So mm. I knew that Barack Obama, as important as he was, uh, was not more important than the struggle of black people to become whole in this nation. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, here's a guy, they were putting him up on the posters with Martin Luther King Jr. slow slow, slow, slow down with that. Right, right? right, slow, right, right. slow down. As, as Albert Camus says, you got to go on the ground and rise up the third day before you get that kind of love, right, bro. Right, 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 That's right. on some genius level, right, Jesus level right. love. Right, it ain't really where you is. Now, there's a difference between Martin Luther King Jr. and Barack Obama. One is a civil rights leader standing outside the parameters of politics, challenging it from from without with his moral vision and his ethical courage. Another one is sent to be the black face of the white American empire. Mm. So the point is, his job from the giddy up that we knew was to represent America with all the good that that means right. and with all the self-destructive Nastiness that that brings as well. This man was in charge of the American Empire, won a Nobel Peace Prize while having two wars going on. Tomorrow,
1: Barack, right? Uh right. Drone striking like a motherfucker. Like like, right? (laughs) So you hustling?
4: (laughs) I'm a hustler, baby. (laughs) (laughs) When the remnants of the system ain't no telling, will I drone (laughs) them or I kill them? That's what they be asking. I'm a pimp (laughs) by blood, (laughs) right? (laughs) So That's a uh, president uh, imbued with moral principles. But anyway, P-I-M-P. But the point is, Barack Obama was a man who was given the responsibility and the reins of the American empire at a very moment when its fortunes were declining. That's when they always give Negroes the car keys. When the car ain't working, take it over to, you know, Jiffy fix-up and try to get the damn thing fixed. because oh Oh, it is a Rolls Royce, but it ain't got no engine that's working, okay? So that's what they do to us. But Barack Obama was a genius. He figured out the American economy. He got uh, people working again. He saved the automobile industry. He did amazing things. But for black folk... Not so much. Not you know, so much. I compare him to my another dear friend, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, whom I know y'all love and uh, yeah, admire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaquille was one of the greatest ball players ever. Kobe said, had he had a certain kind of work ethic, he would have been the greatest of all time. So we know he was the most dominant big man of all time. But he wasn't a great foul shooter, necessarily. Right. So you can acclaim Shaq as one of the greatest of all time, but don't put him on the category of greatest free throw shooters ever. <laughs> Barack Obama <laughs> might be top ten president yeah. for everybody else, but for us, not so much. He wasn't a top ten president for black folk because he would scold us He would dog us in public. He would tell us, stop feeding your kids chicken and don't do this. Now, he's scolding us, but he ain't scolding white folks. The one time he tried at a Tony fundraiser in San Francisco while he was running for president, he said, yeah, man, they get, that." I'm paraphrasing here, they get that juice in them when they get upset and they get religion and they go grab some guns. These white folk wore him out. And never again did he ever uh, uh, attempt to be critical of white folk, but Negroes take it. Negroes Take abuse as a sign of love. Negroes take imposed trauma as a sign of respect, and so they felt that when Barack was doing that, at least he paying attention to me. Yeah, he beat me. It's like color purple. Right. He beat me. Right. But see, we like we like the we like the Oprah character. I ain't miss Miss (laughs) Sealy. I ain't never thought in my own home, you telling Harpo to beat me. And so we have to say to black people, don't be like Donald Trump supporters. That's Mm -hmm. how we were with Barack. Now, I ain't saying Barack and Donald Trump are the same thing. Barack Obama is a genius, an incredible political figure, and a great mind. But he also was deeply and profoundly problematic for black people. Two things can be true at the same time. Mm. And so we got to hold him to account. Like Kanye. Like we said with Kanye. Like like with Kanye. Except, you know, no, extreme. <laughs> Although now that you mention that, I hold Barack Obama at least a little responsible for Kanye. How do right. you say it? Because wow. when 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 Kanye did his thing with Taylor Swift, remember they called yeah. Barack Obama on yeah. that microphone. He, he called, called him a jackass. He stole a jackass. He he yeah, 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 well, yeah. he had more courage than you, Barack. Yeah. Maybe if you called out white supremacy from the bully pulpit right. of the most powerful platform yeah. in America and indeed in the world, the Kanye West of the world wouldn't have to call that kind of thing out. Gotcha. So calling him a jackass while you're sitting around being silent and complicit in the face of horrible transactions of anti-blackness in America wasn't a good look either. But black people were with Barack regardless. Remember on Saturday Night Live, no matter what he did, yep, it's Barack. We love him. <laughs> right. And I understand that. He was the first one. White people didn't had 44 presidents. We had one. Right. That's our baby daddy. We rolling with him. Well, well, and we pa- love pa- him. Pardon me for cutting you off. Yes, sir, that's no one
1: worries. of the things is people said that he was the first black president. Right. So, And he said the Republicans always outvoted him. Right. So there's little much that he can do. Right. But then the very next president even when he got outvoted by the Democrats, he did the, what the fuck he wanted to do. Like, honestly... All day. He used that <laughs> All day, to force like, things. Like, All honestly. day.
4: The one before him and after him. George Bush. <laughs> yeah, George I'm,
1: Timothy... I'm 21. the decider. Right. 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 I'm yeah. going
4: to do what yeah. I'm going to do. The one after him. <laughs> but you the one in between the sandwich. <laughs> you, <laughs> the, you the reverse <laughs> Oreo. You the reverse Oreo cookie. You got two whites and a black in <laughs> <and> the <a> middle. <laughs> you know, and you ain't got no ice cream to put it in and no milk to dip <laughs> it in. The <laughs> point is this, is that <laughs> when you the president, bro, you know, now he did do... Some Um, stuff in terms of executive uh, decisions and executive orders and the like. There's no doubt about that. And yes, Barack Obama was in a precarious position back against the wall, deeply and profoundly uh, fighting the forces of white supremacy. And he did an ingenious job in many ways. But Mm -hmm. here's my point. If you can't do something special for Negroes, don't do nothing special against them, though. Mm -hmm. See, this is the problem. It's Mm -hmm. one thing for you to say, I can't I can't uh, acknowledge what I'm doing in a certain way. Look, I've been in the White House at a table that was a, about twice this size with Barack Obama and nine other so-called Negro leaders. And I shared with him my vision that was problematic. Now, I had a radio host say, Michael, you're writing a book on the president. This is about 2011 and 12. You're writing a book on the president. You're a very—you're a famous black person with influence. You could really uh, harm his chances for re-election. Now, he's sitting right there. I'm like, dude. I said, are you Nostradamus? Because I ain't even wrote the damn book yet. So, uh, t- and since I got kids, tell me how many books I'm going to sell so I'll know how much money I can make. Right? And Obama laughed at him. He said, yeah. And he's sitting here eating my, eating my food. Well, you might be the president, but you ain't as mean with this mic as me, Holmes. So, without missing a beat, I said, yeah, pay for it by my tax money. Said, oh. And I said, based on what I'm paying, I'm going to be here next week. Give me the menu. So, I try to play it off. Right? That's what I do. But, <laughs>
1: right.
4: <laughs> right. Look but but yeah. he said, look, I respect Michael because I said I, I disagree with you, Mr. President. And I said to his face, I wasn't trying to backstab him to be nasty. I said, you believe a rising tide lifts all boats. He said, I wouldn't quite put it that way, but I understand your point. I said, when you go when you're sick and you go to the hospital, you don't get medicine. That's universal. That's something that's non that's non-specific." I said, if you got a hangnail, you get aspirin. If you've got diabetes, you get insulin. If you've got, if you've got uh, cancer. You get chemotherapy. I said medicines like public policies should be aimed at the ills they're meant to relieve. Mm-hmm. So there ain't no one size fits all. You got to. Dr- we still black and citizens. If you taking care of everybody else, but afraid that if you hook us up, it'll look like you giving us a hookup. You saying what it's in the White House, right there? Okay. okay. What is the advantage of us wow. supporting you? And I said in the book I wrote a 300 and some odd page book. Right. Sir, so I write books like niggas write hooks,
5: right? right, right? right.
4: <laughs> so I put that down. <laughs> In a book, right? That down, and okay. I've laid that down, <laughs> uh-huh. right? In book number, I don't know, twenty or twenty-six. What? I mean, I lost count, but what? I'm still doing what I do. What? So the thing is, is that I put it there. Careful analysis, again, like what Kanye. I love Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. I respect Barack Obama, mm-hmm. right? But as uh, in The Godfather, but I never trust... Con- no, okay. <laughs> 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 but your dad never trusts Ross, right? So the point is, I love Obama. I respect him. I supported him. I went out and asked people to vote for him, but we've also got to hold black leaders to account. We got to hold the Michael Eric Dysons to account. We got to hold every black public figure to account. Not cancel them. not be nasty, not destroy them. And where I do agree with Kanye... Uh, is in this cancel culture, which is so destructive. Like you don't make no mistakes. Like if somebody messes up and does something, a white person, and Obama said this the other day, let me give him some kudos, he said, people don't want to think they're walking on eggshells. If they say one wrong thing, then they're done. You know, that's this younger generation. Y'all, I mean, that ain't what, I'm a Baptist preacher. Jesus, if done that, the world would be dead right now, right. right? right? People got to be forgiven for the mistakes they've made. Now, they got to know they made a mistake. Kanye got to admit he made it. And if he don't admit it, then we got to keep hammering him hollering at him and trying to talk to him to get him to see a different way. So for me, Barack Obama was an extraordinary president, but all the black people who blindly followed him, who didn't criticize him, now want to criticize Joe Biden. You didn't criticize your own. You had a black man in there who could identify with you. What did Joe Biden do? He put a black woman on the ticket and gave her the vice presidency or allowed her to be elected. Uh And he put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Barack Obama had three bites at the apple. He couldn't put one sister on the court and you mad at the old white man? That old white man has done more for Negroes in total in terms of what he's trying to do, not perfectly, not without flaws, than a whole lot of black politicals who have not taken up the mantle of a black agenda or the interests of black people. So that's why we can't be about no cancel culture and trying to get rid of people who we feel have done a wrong thing. I, I don't want to be canceled. I'm a black man who's made mistakes. I try to be a feminist in identification with black women and white women and women of color and throughout the world. But I mess up. Hold me to account. Tell me where I did wrong. But allow me to step back into the arena and participate again. That's what we got to do when it comes to race and class and gender and culture in this country.
1: Mm. Goddamn. Make some noise for that. Goddamn. Mm. So, I don't, I don't have uh, the numbers and I don't know. This is, I'm going off a of feeling. Right, right. When Barack was, Barack was in office, right. it felt like a lot more police Killing of innocent black men happened yes. and it felt like a lot more. A police killing innocent black men getting freed happened getting getting. Uh, of
4: course, yes. Uh,
1: is that is that
4: true? Well, yeah. I, I feel I, I share the same feeling. I wrote a book called Long Time Coming, mm-hmm. where I addressed the martyrs mm-hmm. of this this movement, fallen martyrs, not intentional martyrs, martyrs because of their circumstance. Look, or under on the Barack under Barack okay. Obama, and here's the point let's let's put it this way given the rising tide of white supremacy because you know barack obama sent the meter of white supremacy off this off the chart right it it just went the needle went off uh the recording uh, mechanism itself it just went haywire Mm -hmm. because they hated him that's why black people still defended him and i understand why because no matter what he did that was failed and flawed. The white supremacists out here are trying to kill him every day. Right. The death threats against yeah. him were more than any other president. The harm and hate that he received. And he was so cool with it, right? right. I mean, the, the thing we love about him, he's like Jay-Z he as like president. He's Jay-Z as president. Right. As right. Fact, I would right. say that, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He don't sweat. But we saw the effect when <laughs> right. he came out of office, how he looked. With the gray right? <laughs> hair. There's no doubt. That, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was cool. He was calm. He's collected. He's doing his thing. But beneath, there was a fire raging. And it was it was burning us. So they wanted to get Barack. Couldn't get him. Who can you get? Vulnerable black people. Mm -hmm. So he was Barack Obama was in one sense, our iconic representative. And we were his uh, proxies. Can't shoot him. Shoot us. Mm -hmm. Can't kill him. Kill us. I'm not suggesting there was some broad conspiracy that was conscious on the parts of white people, but that's the genius of white supremacy. It's an institution that operates on its own. But
3: as as the, the but wait, the, okay. does is the data show that there was more of it, or was it always there and just social
4: media and the, the access to film these things and and bring it out more to of light? Of course. I mean, that's that's partly true. That it was it was focused on in a way because you got a black man in the White House. You never had that before. Right. You got a black man having to respond to black people dying right. and what will. He say, and Obama was tentative on some of that stuff, right? right. After Trayvon Martin, you know, that's not mm-hmm. a police killing, but it is a vigilante killing. Mm-hmm. After Trayvon Martin's death, after the jury, uh, you know, uh, did what it did and let George Zimmerman off, uh, Barack Obama says, The people have spoken. The jury is to be trusted. And that's what, wait a minute, wait a minute bro. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, slow right. down. So he got to go to the crib. His kids are there. His wife's there. Then he comes up and makes one of the greatest statements. About race, because you gotta push presidents. Presidents ain't gonna never do what you don't make them do. Right? right? That famous story that Harry Belafonte likes to tell and others of FDR Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the president, having his black kitchen and cabinet with Mary McLeod Bethune and A. Philip Randolph, they were great leaders. Uh, she was the National Council of Negro Women. He was the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. Mm. Tremendous. They were part of his informal cabinet, meeting women wow. in the White House, and, they, and and he and he listened to what they said. And he said, "Look, I believe everything you're saying. Now go out in the streets and make me do it." In other words, create a social movement where I go. What was I going to do? I mean, look right. at what wow. the tide has turned. So yeah. presidents rarely do uh, unless you make them do. So yeah, Barack Obama uh, exposed what was underlying there and the technology caught up with the truth, the empirical. Right. Empirical is just a big word to say that which can be falsified or verified through the census. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the cameras picked up. They, no, 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 that can't be true. There's no way. Imagine if there was no camera for George right. Floyd. Mm-hmm. Dead, another dead nigga. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Uh, he was belligerent and he was nasty. The reason white people poured into the streets, On I think of the numbers they did, they saw that video. First of all, it was COVID. That meant we were all at home used to watching stuff on our Mm screens, right? Five weeks before, old men like me telling people, get off that damn phone. Won't you talk to me face to face? (laughs) Now, with COVID, (laughs) hey, how are you doing (laughs) there? Thank God you didn't listen to me. (laughs) And we're talking right now. So the thing is, is that we were used to seeing things on screen and they were more alive and more colorful for us, number one. Number two, there were no more, but white people said, wait a minute, hey, Ain't we seen this film before? Yeah, Didn't this happen like six years ago Roger with a guy King. named Eric Garner out in oh, yeah. uh, you yeah, know, yeah, New York? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he said, I can't breathe. Right. Jiminy Cricket. They were right. They right. keep saying to us that w- what we don't believe that it still exists. And then thirdly, what they saw, there was no more excuse. Right. He was running. No, he wasn't. Right. He was trying to resist arrest. No, he wasn't. Yep. He was cussing up. At- no, he wasn't. He was, he was being hateful and growing for a gun. No, he wasn't and they saw no more excuses, and they fled the streets. So, yes, I think the cameras exposed it. I think the fact that a black president was there magnetized... the bigots in this country. And Howard Thurman, the great mystic said, a bigot is a person who makes an idol of his commitment. So they were committed to their vicious uh, understanding of whiteness as dominant and black people were messing it up. And Obama was seen as a person taking their rights. Can you imagine white people who were upset with Obama? And Obama was hooking y'all up in a way he ain't never hooked us up. Mm -hmm. He was giving y'all the keys to the kingdom and you still hated him because the person handing you the keys was a black man. So in that sense, yes, it exposed what was already there. So it may have seemed to be more dense and happening more, but the reality is black life being lost is a constant in America. The hatred of black people, anti-blackness, is a constant, which is why, again, not to keep harping on Kanye, why what you're doing is more than a ploy. It's destructive. How do you get produced by a people who out of their loins delivered you into the world Like Moses protecting you so that you can one day rise up to lead your people through sonic, uh, you know, expression and aesthetic expression and fashion and music for you to turn around and be Pharaoh when you're supposed to be Moses. And what you do when you say white lives matter is that you turn into the very destructive enemy of the very interests that produced you. Now, when you tell us, oh, I'm in for black excellence stuff, that's a sideshow. The main theme is your destructive addiction to white supremacy and to anti-blackness in your own mind.
1: Let, let, me, let me ask you something and then we'll, we'll bounce around. Sure. As a president, right. you seeing these people are as multiple shootings of un- right. unarmed and innocent right. killings of black p- right. men, black people. Period, because there's a woman in there Right, as well. Sure, so there sure. are many, many women, many right. women. Let us not just say men. Isn't it, how hard is it to just change the law that if you get caught killing somebody that's without a goddamn pistol, right. that you automatically go, on, go into jail? Because then, 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 I'm sure, I mean, I'm seeing people getting convicted now. I'm seeing right. people, uh, but...
4: He well, can't do that, though. He, he wouldn't be able to change he, the law? No, he can't do that because, first of all, he ain't no dictator. Now, right. if he's Donald Trump, you right. would think he could. Right. But Barack Obama was a constitutional lawyer. Wow. He was a scholar of the Constitution. He knew... That way we can't go. He can't so he, the law. he can't. No, he can't. He's and the you president. Have state
3: laws, federal laws. It state gets, law, federal law, right.
4: and the people that you want to change it are and- invested in the very white supremacy that you don't want to talk about. Look at the police department. How it's exposed. All these white bigots right. are in law enforcement. Right. Some of them are in state legislatures. Mm. Republican state legislators, maybe thirty-eight to forty, some of them are Republican-controlled. Which means that the local law will always uh, mitigate against, militate against, go against trying to create laws that hold them accountable. Look at the notion of, you know, co- you know, uh, impunity impugn- uh, mm-hmm. that police people are granted. So now when you talk about the immunity that they are granted, that means even if they mess up and they, it proves that they, you prove that they kill somebody. Well, they're granted immunity because they were representing the state. In this case, you're a cop. Mm -hmm. So Obama couldn't change that. But what he could change, he didn't necessarily do, which is change the rhetoric, which is open your mouth. Yes, he convened the police committee and all that. But you got the bully pulpit. You got influence. Kanye has shown you that you can talk. And by talk alone, you can change the atmosphere. You can change people's perception. You can influence them in deep ways. That's what the darn social media is about, social media influencers. You ain't got no power. You you, you might be making money off of that, but you got influence in the world to change people's perception. Obama had the biggest bully pulpit in the world and often had to be pushed into saying something because of his own reticence to deal with race in America. And Trump took advantage of it and did use it. Like a Trump mug. didn't give a fuck,
1: but could, could right. he have at least threatened and said, "Yo, listen, from now on any law enforcement that is is caught killing an uh, innocent person and, and, and right. not, maybe not just black people, maybe right, just right. obviously right. black people is, is is the biggest part." Right. But could he like at least have threatened them so 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 people were to feel feel scared like like the president said they're going to get me.
4: No, because, first of all, they didn't respect him as president. Damn. He was already the the most... Look, it's like being the baddest man in the world when you're the heavyweight champion in the world, right? Whoever has that title is the baddest man in the world. Right. Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis... You know, Tyson Fury. You're the baddest man yeah. on the planet, the heavyweight champion. Yes. You're the most powerful person in the world when you're the American president. Right. The most powerful. Uh. And yet what they showed is that Obama had a lot of limitations on him. No he might have been the most powerful in terms of theory, right? right? Now, there are two theories. There's That's important guy, what you're saying in terms of theory. Because you right. know
1: what's crazy about that? you you saying that, but when it came time to kill osama he was in that room he had oh, that power
4: he said i'm a murk him <laughs> yeah, he said, he called, he falling what? back on that ass <laughs> <laughs> what a hell of a fight <laughs> gangsterly so no no doubt but he can <laughs> control he can control that, that he can control crazy. the military. just think about that right you're right just that's, think about that's that. a deep yeah, you yeah. can control the killing of osama but you can't, but can, you can't get yoko Yep, you can't get you choice. can't get you can't get Obama boy over here, right. and thank God he can't again because right. that would be criminal, right? right? Uh, some people already thought the killing of a so-called uh, a terror was was problematic enough, but can you imagine Obama turning that power against American citizens? That was his greatness—the right. refusal to to be seduced by the temptation to use and abuse your power in ways that are destructive of the American democracy. Right. But on the other hand. Uh, you could use your bully pulpit in ways that you didn't. Right. I was about to say, <clears throat> there are two big theories of power. One, a guy named Max Weber, a sociologist, talked about it as inherent in institutions, as hierarchies. You above me, this person is above you, they got, they're got. they the big dog. Another guy named Michel Foucault talked about power breaking out everywhere. It's lateral. So if you try to get up into the club and the bouncer won't let you in... He might not be president, but he got damn power over your life that night. And you ain't you ain't going nowhere, son. And you with your girl. (laughs) Baby, I you, I could get in. I could get in. I'm gonna show you. And the dude going like, no, take your BI ass home, and you ain't going nowhere. So that's power, Foucault said. And people exercise power against each other and laterally, not just top down. So Obama had enormous forms of micropolitics. Obama had enormous forms of power that he could use to try to get America to think a different way. And when he was, when he was, when he was inclined to do so, he did. The famous race speech he gave in Philadelphia, the speech he gave at the 50th anniversary of the march uh, on Selma, when John Lewis got his brains nearly beat out of his cranium. So when Obama was willing to do so, he could do it, but he was loath to do so. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to use his political capital that way. He didn't want to be ghettoized and seen as a president only for black people. But, dude, in the second term especially, black people gave him a pass in the first one. Right, the but the second, second term, one, he go got for broke. Right. <clears throat> right. Dude, you could paint the White House black, red, <laughs> black, and gray. Right,
1: right. Another rumor they, they, they were saying that he didn't want to legalize marijuana because he didn't want to be the black president. <laughs> I <laughs> mean,
4: this, like, is right, this is rumor. Right. I'm sure. Well, he didn't. They tried to get him to pardon Marcus Garvey, the great Marcus Garvey, right? Guess who did? I think Donald Trump. What? <laughs> right, wait, didn't, wait, am wait, I wrong? I, I think, I stand to be corrected, but I think Donald Trump uh, pardon, or is considering pardon, I think he did, uh, was considering pardon, I think he did pardon Marcus Garvey, but he couldn't get Barack Obama to do it, and how's that gonna hurt your political and capital? Trump got do called that huh? Trump
1: got Kodak
6: blackout. And I other, mean, come on. little bit. Lil Wayne, yeah. Lil yeah. Wayne, Lil yeah. Wayne. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. I'd
4: rather be underground <laughs> pushing flowers <laughs> than in the pen <laughs> sharing showers. Oh, he so and, and, and Lil Wayne. That's, right. Right. that's, that's right. what I'm I He forgot, got Lil Wayne out. I forgot. Wow, man. So the thing is, is that, and and Donald Trump met with the Congressional Black Caucus 60 days after he was in office. It took Obama nearly three years. So black people who are mad at white folk who uncritically and blindly uh, express loyalty to Donald Trump don't see it closer to home when they were doing the same thing for Barack Obama. Now again... We know Barack ain't Donald. We know Barack Obama is smart. He actually reads books. He knows the Constitution. He knows the Constitution. He reads things that he didn't write, and he interprets them with brilliance. But at the same time, the truth is that uh, Barack Obama did not exercise the full range of his authority while in office, and black people loved him regardless Or as the brothers on the street say, irregardless. Mm.
1: Do you think we're going to have like, and listen, I don't want to say this word. Mm. (laughs) I don't want to say this word. I, I'm gonna, am gonna say, you think we'll ever have like a nigga president, <laughs> like,
4: like Richard Pryor, like yeah, Richard Pryor. Richard remember, Pryor, he, was, like, he, was, he, like, he was, he was, he was, he was dodging them. Like, yeah. oh yeah, hey, I got a press conference because I'm trying to get away. They were trying to kill me. <laughs> just, like Trump was like, he had nigga tendencies. Like he, right. would, he would do. So. Well, I would say Trump was nigger to leave. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's distinguish that, okay, right? Okay. Uh, you know, and he's he still calling. You know, <laughs> according to some, he's calling uh, black people nigger. Oh, he wasn't okay. saying nigger. Right, uh, okay. so. He wasn't identifying with that. Now, first of all, that's off limits to you, Donald. That's not something you can be saying. Even, you know, the great Marshall Mathers understood that. Even even us. I want to rephrase that.
1: Will we ever have a president that's black and that's hood, that's hoodie. that's from— Relatable. Not to say that Barack is not from the hood or Kamala's not from the hood. Right. what I'm saying? Whether or not. Uh, you know you know, you know, know what I'm trying to say, but, but what I'm not, trying to say yeah. is, like, with the hood tendencies, like, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, uh, it was a Dave Chappelle skit. Oh, yeah. And um, Dave Chappelle was like, he was like, yo, what, what, going, you're going to talk like that in front of my wife? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's at a press conference.
4: You ever yeah. think? Yeah, no, they can never get elected. I mean, <laughs> okay, that's okay, what Obama okay. understood. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, okay, right, okay. right. I mean, look, Obama wasn't the first black man to be capable of being president who was black. He's the first black man they allowed to be elected, right? Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. Jackson, Jackson. I mean, the rhetorical genius of a Jesse Jackson... Uh, receiving the, bat- the baton symbolically from Martin Luther King Jr. and carrying it through the wilderness of white backlash, of anti-affirmative action, of the culture of narcissism, of the hatred of black people, of white supremacy's resurgence and recrudescence, and still being out there doing his thing, he could have been president by far. And that was uh, the 80s, right? In the, hmm? 80s? In the 80s? Oh, 80s? yeah, right, in, in the 80s shirley chisholm running even before then so yeah there are other black people who were reagan capable. is
1: the president but i voted for shirley chisholm
4: right right like come that on, come right on, on. come on old school hip-hop come on, like on that again. like that but here's the point that to get a black person like that it's got to be by stealth See, <coughs> you got to be whitney houston and i will always love you right and then beneath You know, all y'all trying to cancel Whitney, she ain't black enough. Oh, she was really black Uh in ways she couldn't even afford to say in public. Mm. She couldn't tell the truth about that blackness, right? Right. So you never know what people are doing. See, black people have to signify. You know, on the surface, we had to be cool and come, hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Yes, let's have dinner uh, at the soonest. Yes. thanks so very much. Bye, bye now. And then underneath, like, no, on, you know, what's up? But the gizo to the stizo that. right? So yeah, there's going to be some great deal of signifying, but there are levels, as the great philosopher Meek Mill said, there are levels to this. Uh huh. And the thing is, is that yes, I think look. Jackie Robinson was the first black ball player right. for the, net, you know, national, uh, the major leagues. Right. Jackie Robinson was a great ball player. He wasn't the greatest, right. but he was great, right? right? He was chosen not because he was the greatest, Larry Doby right behind him, uh, uh, Newcomb, Roy Newcomb, but he was chosen because his temperament was of such, even when they stepped on his fingers, even though he wanted to break them off, mm-hmm. he was kind enough He was disciplined enough to stand back up. So he was chosen as much for his PR skills and as much for his ability to defer his anger as for his skills. But coming behind him was Willie Mays, right. arguably the greatest play ever. And some would say Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. So while Barack Obama was Jackie Robinson.
1: Pre-steroids. Hmm? Barry Bonds, pre-steroids. Oh, yeah, yeah, pre-steroids. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Pre-steroids.
4: he was the coldest ever yeah, he was cold. already. So, yeah, yeah. That, so let him in the hall, dude, because the stuff he did after it, he just had a bigger neck and he could hit longer. <laughs> but, you know, he was still killing the ball yes, yes, before yes. then. But my point is that Barack Obama is Jackie Robinson, who we mm. waiting for is Willie Mays. Mm. And Willie Mays will be a dominant, brilliant, capable president who's committed to black people in a certain way, but he's still going to have to disguise it. Let's be real. That's what I meant by Whitney Houston. You're going to have to signify. But yes, I think there will come a point where a person who has historically been identified with us, who's not afraid, right. uh, because the culture allows him not to be afraid, although that's 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 a long way off, to embrace his blackness. I mean, don't you think with Kamala Harris, there's some of that going on, whom I know and love? Right. But, you know, not wanting to appear to be too black on the one hand right. and trying to appeal to a broader audience, at the end of the day, you got to be who you is. As the old lady said, be who you is and not who you ain't, because if you is what you ain't, you am what you not.
1: Mm. Nah.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other
2: parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrant's Palbocyclib. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash and loss of appetite.
6: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: So I've been critical of this regime. Right. I've been critical Good. of C- Cap Kamala. Right. And I've been critical of of Biden. Right. I think Biden looks weak. Right. I think he 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 almost acts decrepit. Right. Um, but besides all that. I feel like they don't come outside. I feel like, I feel like, like, like me, I'm used to seeing presidents. I'm used right. to seeing presidents go, and I get COVID, I get all that. COVID's real, COVID's Co um, real. But it felt like, it felt like even prior to COVID right. and after COVID, right. I'm not seeing them, for lack of a better term, seeing them in these streets.
4: Yeah, see, this is what oh, Biden, I'm not gonna speak for Biden, he's gonna say to you, uh, young man, I love your show, <laughs> watch it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> For chisel my nizzle, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but, but at the same time he's going, it's it's a bitch up in here. I'm trying to run the world from America and it's hard. Right. I'd love to take off time and watch uh, reruns of MTV raps, right, right. but damn, it's right. rough out here. Right. Now your point is though about the PR side of it though. Hell, right. well met. Right. Obama wasn't that real social. Bill Clinton was social. Right. Hello, how are you? Yeah, how right. are you? I feel he was you're kissing so- babies today. Let me tell he you, Right. Your home. Yeah. <laughs> when it, when they said this. They said Obama was like a cat, and 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 Clinton was like a dog. No pun intended. Right. So a dog, it'd be a hundred people in the room. Ninety-nine people love you, but the one person that don't, the dog be like, mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. "Don't mm-hmm. you love me?" Mm-hmm. The cat be like, "You can take me or leave me, home. I don't really give a damn." <laughs> right? right. And Obama was like, "Look, it's good. I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna take care of business. If you like me, that's cool. If you don't." Check you later. So I think that Joe Biden is an older American trying to preserve his health, trying to in the midst of COVID, trying to get the job done. Let me tell you something about Joe Biden. I went to the White House. I was invited along with a few other scholars and historians to talk to him. Mm -hmm. So we did our presentation. I thought it was going to be like eight of us. We're going to present our uh, give our presentations and then he go, okay, great. Thanks a lot. It was great. Take a photo op and leave. Mm -hmm. After every presentation, this dude is giving 15 minutes response. Mm -hmm. Do you think this, uh, when you said this uh, uh, Dr. Dyson about you know what was going on with civil rights in regard to LBJ and so and he's asking serious questions and Michael do you think this, all of that, I'm going like damn, we were only supposed to meet an hour and a half we met for damn near four hours, wow. the man's energy was crazy, wow. so I think that look there's, a, there's room to be critical of all presidents. Right. That's our job as American citizens. Right. And you said you weren't political. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that your job as an American citizen mm. is to hold the people who represent you to account. Right. You don't work for them. Right. <clears throat> they work for you. Right. That's why the police got it twisted. They think... We supposed to obey them. You work for mm. us, mm. and yet you're out here killing us. So I think I think Joe Biden is doing a hell of a job. He had a lot of stuff to clean up. Mm. Uh, yes, he should be criticized like any other president. Mm. But I'll tell you, in terms of the strides he's made and the efforts he's made and what he's tried to do, mm. is pretty darn remarkable. And if you compare him mm. to his black president, who was who, who for he, whom he, he was vice president, president for, yeah. He done done some stuff, man. Yeah. In terms of substance, okay. that again may not look the same part cosmetically, right. but in terms of infrastructure, in terms of internal dialogue, in terms of politics, in terms of distribution of resources, uh, is far more powerful in many ways and advantageous to us than in previous administrations. And you got
3: to think about it, in comparison to Trump. That's, he doesn't look like he's outside, but politically, he's outside.
1: No, but Trump was outside, tweeting every that's day. I ain't going to lie. I a different kind of But that's why
4: he wasn't doing no damn job. He, <laughs> but, he was tweeting all the time. But, but, Trump but, was but, trying to, uh, try to get views uh, and likes, you know? But
1: listen, right. I, there was—again, I'm not bigging up Trump because I don't. I, I, right. I have no room to big up anybody right. on that side right now. Right. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> <laughs> I have no yes, room. make that clear. <laughs> make that clear. I, have to make, I do but, not like Donald but, Trump but like that. But what I'm trying to say is, I can go two weeks— without hearing something about Biden or Kamala. When Trump was in office, I couldn't go half an hour.
4: Do you well, want the commercial no. or the product? you, you got know, to decide. And it's where you're looking, you too. Are you looking,
3: are you looking at
1: political. Oh, I'm on news? Twitter. No, but see, that's different.
4: Yeah. I'm on Twitter. yeah. Like if Talks you follow to, Toxic to to Twitter, Elon Musk. <laughs> yes, yes. Elon Musk's Twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. soon. Toxic Twitter, yeah. yeah Twitter. Right. I
1: could go on Twitter this week. <laughs> they were killing me. Boy. Yeah, yeah. They were. They were. <laughs> they got your the edit bro. button now.
4: You can edit on Twitter now. <laughs> oh, word. Yeah. Now you tell me. But here's the thing, though. Great.
6: A2 Brutus. Hey, right.
4: He said, "I got your back. Yeah, you got a knife in it too." Right. But but here's the thing: if they're in the house the people's house doing they work although he's traveling and doing his thing right. if he's trying to take care of business that's what we want we don't uh. want the performative presidency that's what right. trump was doing going around hell fellow wet, uh, a well met shaking people's hands kissing uh. babies grabbing okay so the thing is <laughs> is that is that this is what he was doing but he wasn't doing the work of the people first right. of all he didn't know what the hell he was doing right. his level of <laughs> incompetence was amazing his mendacity was astonishing uh-huh. and at least what joe biden is doing is showing you one old white man can undo what another old white man did. Uh And so let him do what he's got to do within and inside. That doesn't mean you can't hold him to account, but it's the flashy, conspicuous elements of political theater uh, that may be lacking in Biden, but the underneath, it's like Jay said, now I might not be, say, like a of rhymes, but when uh-huh. you break down my lines, right. you see what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And in that sense, when you break down what Biden is really about, it's been far more substantive in terms of policy. Barack Obama gave us my brother's keeper. You could have done that when you were out of office, man. God dang, what were you? You had power inside. Don't be giving us no damn Sunday school uh, approximation of feel-good black male-ism. Mm-hmm. Give us a serious systemic alter, uh, uh, alternative to the productive forces of evil, hurt, and pain that are out there. And I think he missed the boat in many ways in that regard. Do you think Obama had a do-rag in the White House? Yeah, man. (laughs)
1: This
4: is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Obama come out one day down, you know down the stairs, and he come with a do-rag on, with a grill, <laughs> with his terry cloth robe, yeah. and his Magic Johnson socks, and his slippers, and go, what? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'm living in public housing. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, that's the best public housing in America, but I'm still living in public housing, okay? Yeah. I mean, and then when he comes down to Air Force One, you know 50 Cent was playing, I don't know what you heard about me. <laughs> but the right can't get a dollar out of me, right? I mean, look, let, 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 me, let me be the, the anger translator if I can. Baptist preacher cussing, I'm giving you a warning. So if you want to turn your ears away, <laughs> don't listen to this. I'm going to be Obama's anger translator. So Obama was given a speech, his penultimate, that is his next to last speech as the, in the State of the Union. And he goes, well, I have no more races to run. And then, of course, the Republicans got up, yeah, thank God. And it, Obama it, it had more race, No, more, no race. more races to run Because he was Eight years He had okay, to I time out said right? racist no, racist, I racist like, oh, really? R-A-C-E-S, that that? R-A-C-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay R-A-C-E-S Okay Races to run And then Rep- and then The proposal is clapping He says Well that's because I beat you Well that's not, not for, Asking for the Niggerized presidency yeah, yeah. Or at least The blackened yeah. Catfish yeah. presidency yeah. You know what Obama Wanted to say And allow me That privilege to say <laughs> Look bitch I beat your ass twice And if we had another election, I whip <laughs> that ass again. Right. That's what Obama yeah, was okay. really saying. Let's, right? make of, let's make the noise for
1: drink <laughs> chance, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> drink, drink <laughs> Holy, shit. Holy So, what happens in this crazy world, right? Because we've seen things crazier. Right. What happens if Kanye runs for 2024 and
5: wins? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, Kanye. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, Nori made come on the show. I didn't really want to go.
4: Go to club. Go I mean, right. Damn! I didn't know what I was thinking. I'm a champion. She's more like Florida. I'm more like. Oh no!
3: I didn't know.
4: <laughs> Let me tell you what. That'd be like. I'm, I'm gonna answer your question. I was at the crib one day, after having appeared on uh, the Today Show, mm-hmm. after the fourth, fifth year anniversary of the killing of uh, the 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 folk involved, uh, Nicole and Ron Goldman, right? Mm. Uh, so I said, ain't nothing black on O.J. but the bottom of his shoes. I said, whoa. And I said, when O.J. took that long, slow ride down the L.A. Freeway in A.C. Collins Bronco, it wasn't the first time he used a white vehicle to escape a black reality. Mm. Boom, right? So I go home that day, the phone rings, phone handed to me, wife gives me the phone. She said, it's a call for you. I said, hello? He said, do I call you Professor? Reverend? Or Dr. Dyson. I'm saying to myself, shit, that's a OJ. I said, you could call me Mike. Yeah, Mike is fine. Mike is fine. I, most people who know me call me that and, and it's all good. I was a, I was a straight, you know what I'm okay, saying. Okay. Because now OJ, I'm, ta- I'm talking mad us. trash yeah. on today's show. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm I'm killing them with the rhetoric. I'm giving them vicious vicissitudes in the midst of vituperation, god okay, I'm okay. just smoking them yeah, okay. right with big words. Uh-huh. And then I came home and this fool called me. I was like, huh? Yeah no. He said, I want to come to your class. Okay. Any time you want to, you can come. It's amazing. And I'm saying, and I called Johnny Cock, I said, how you get this Negro my phone number? Uh I said, you know that's OJ. You know what he be doing. I'm just wondering, (laughs) the black people are vulnerable, right? So same with Kanye. I go, oh my God, I had no idea. No, I'd have to stand against, I'd have to say, Kanye, if you're president and you do great things, I'm going to support you and stand by you and show you love. And if you don't, I'm going to be your worst enemy, your most convicted, uh, you know, critic. And to say to you that now that you have political power, that you must exercise it prudently. See, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. A lot of hip hoppers who loved Donald Trump loved him as an iconic figure yeah. in the cultural space. Okay. He got a bunch of money. He's flossing. Right. Right. He's our kind of dude, even as he hated Negroes at the same time. Just, just keep that clear. Right. So they, they already got a problematic relationship with him. But now that he switches over to president, they have a hard time, some of them, trying to make that transition. He is now the president of the United States of America. He is wielding power against the masses of black people. He's using his bully pulpit to demonize Mexicans, mm-hmm. uh, Muslims, right. queer people, and the like. We can have, We can have no truck with a guy like that. Kanye West, should he win, has to be opposed if he puts forth policies, rhetoric um, that is destructive to America. And if he's doing what he's doing now, we got to organize vigorously against his presidency, to be sure. But what if he
1: changes his ideologies and then he calls you and says, I want you to be my running mate?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm going to run from him. But, uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, I'm going to run from him. I got to see proof. I got to see I got to see 30 days. right? I got to see 30 straight days. Are you just going? <laughs> I can't. No, dog. No, no, no. I got to. No, I got to. No, it, first of all, it ain't going to happen. And if it did, I'd say, oh, there are far better people than me, sir. I'm just a little minion out here doing my thing. But no, I mean, my job as a public intellectual and a cultural critic is to stand outside the parameters of power, uh, relatively speaking, and to offer a prudential insight and judgment about the forces of American uh, white supremacy, social injustice, economic inequality. I stand for the masses of people who are vulnerable, whose backs are against the wall. So at that level, I could never go inside. So many people approach me, Dr. Dyson, can you come and and run for office? No, I don't want to do that. I want to maintain my, what Kanye says, independence of thought that allows me to support who I think supporting, but to be critical at the same time.
1: Right. And, and and did we speak about the Bill Moore after Bill Moore used the N-word and you came on? Mm, no, no, no. We didn't we, talk about that. We didn't about speak about that? Right. So, so because I, I thought what you what you spoke with Bill after that, because we all seen the joke that Bill made, right? Right, right, right. Um, it, was a, it was a white guy. you you you're not familiar with no, right no, what I'm talking no, about? Yeah, oh, no, oh, exactly. It was a white guy I on the on. show and said, man, Bill, you got to come on the field with me and Bill Moore, mm-hmm. which was... I really liked this man prior to this, like, right, right, and right. I saw I saw it live. This right. not this wasn't a feed. Right, right, like, right. I was up Friday night watching Bill Moore. Bill
4: Moore, yeah. Mm-hmm. I come on Friday
1: ten p.m. <laughs> right. on the East Coast, and I got to hear him make this joke. And he was like, um, <clears throat> he was like, guy uh, guys, hey, you gotta come out here on the field with me. And Bill Moore goes, he goes, hey man, I'm a house nigga. Right, and it was like, honestly, I kind of got it. But I was like, "Oh, they're gonna fry him!" I said. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I knew. Um, <laughs> I knew they was gonna fry Bill Moore. Yeah, but right. I remember <clears throat> one of his guests coming up afterwards were. Mm-mm. That was black, were you? Right. And
4: were Ice Cube. Right, right, right. And, and Simone Sanders. I okay. think there is, there's so, three of us. So, yeah. Three so, for the price of one. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, yeah so. Well, you know, Al Franken was supposed to be the lead guest because I was the lead guest on the show. Uh-huh. Al Franken said, let Michael Eric Dyson do that. I'm not trying to really be involved right, with man. that right now. Thanks, Al. That's very white of you. Uh, so I went, look, Bill Maher's a friend of mine. We 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 argue like cats and dogs, we agree about a lot, we disagree about a lot. But I knew that he made a mistake mm-hmm. He owned up to that mistake mm-hmm. He took a serious cognizance of that mistake And he wanted to address it mm-hmm. So as a friend of his, yes, I felt compelled to go there mm-hmm. uh, To hold him to account, first of all, that what you did is wrong You can't. White people can never use that term, period mm-hmm. Let me give white people listening a rule of thumb When you can use the N-word, never, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'll make one exception If white people want to use that word, I'll give you a 24-hour pass. If you transfer all wealth from white America to black America, every dime for 24 hours, you can go nigga, 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 nigga. (laughs) Right? After that, it's done. Right. It ain't going to happen, right? So the point is that I knew Bill Maher had made a mistake. I believe he had often pummeled the forces of white supremacy, jammed up the very forces that were hurting and harming black people. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think that we should cast away an ally. Again, cancel culture. I didn't believe we should cancel him. Hold him to account, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tell him what he did is wrong, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Tell him that what he did was destructive and harmful in certain ways and make that plain as Ice Cube did, as Simone Sanders did, as I tried to. Then allow him to return chastened by his, uh, if you will, conspicuous, uh, if you will, punishment. But, it, right. and, and more than that, it wasn't a punishment, it was really instruction and trying to share a, a podium with a person who had made a mistake, but who was willing to try to confront it. Okay. And that's why, look, when Pharrell, speaking of Pharrell, called me up one day mm-hmm. and he said, Hey, Doc, I got. Some some black lawmakers over here in, in uh, Virginia, because he's from Virginia, mm-hmm. want to know what to do about the governor, uh, Northam, who had done the blackface. Mm-hmm. Should we stand against him? Should we oppose him? Should we stand with him? And so I said, I'll meet with them. I met with them and they said, Doc, what do you think? I said, don't get rid of the dude. Nothing better than a white guy who can be forgiven into his greatness. Mm -hmm. Nothing better than a white guy who's made a mistake, who's conscious of that mistake and is willing to try to right what is wrong. So I said, if you do the right thing with Northam, he is the governor right now, And look, let's be real. He first admitted, yeah, I was trying to do a Michael Jackson, you know, imitation. And he says, you want me to do the dance now? His wife said, are you serious right now? (laughs) You nut, right? right? No, that is not the move. But he was going to admit it first, but there's no room in this culture to admit you made a mistake. So he had to lie and say, nope, I didn't. I didn't. That wasn't me. You know, it was the shaggy defense. Wasn't me, right? But at the same time, you know, he was a 20 years ago was 20 years ago. Has he changed? Has he evolved? Does he have new understandings? Does he have a new standard? Has he admitted that what he did was wrong? And if he couldn't admit it uh, in public, has he made strides toward transformation? So, when he said, uh, right, that that wasn't me, but But at the same time, he was trying to make good on what was going on in that state. I told the black lawmakers, if you forgive him and stand with him, this man might turn into Abraham Lincoln. And what did he do? First, one of the first things he did was forgive uh, 10,000 felons, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that allowed them to vote again. He restored their rights. He worked with black maternal health care. He pulled down the Robert E. Lee statue. This man went on a tear, Mm -hmm. all because he wasn't canceled, but he was forgiven. He was integrated back into the community as a whole figure, and he was allowed to exercise his gifts because now he understood that what had happened then was wrong. So that's why I believe in forgiveness. I'm sorry I'm a Baptist preacher. I believe if you mess up, you fess up, you dress up, Mm -hmm. and then you go into the world Doing the best you can.
3: I believe, believe that. <laughs> I mean, what, what's, what's that saying in the Bible? Thou who cast the first
4: stone. What, what, what is that? What's right. that? Whole? Let he who is without sin right. cast the first stone. Right. Right. And a lot of people out there throwing stones, living in glass houses. Right. It ain't a good look.
1: So let me ask you, as being a, a minister, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how, how can you be a minister? But still love hip hop so much,
4: man. Yeah, it's just look, it's, it's, it's rough. <laughs> right,
1: right,
4: right, 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 right. I don't love these bros. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm a, I'm a fan of hip hop. I was a teen father. It mm-hmm. started before hip hop. Mm, yeah. How could I be a preacher and get a woman pregnant? Right. right. I was 18. She was 26. Right. Yes, those hidden skills are amazing. But, uh, <laughs> so, so got her pregnant. I ain't said it was a shotgun wedding, right. but a revolver was in the room. Right. So uh, <laughs> We got married and then divorced, right? Yeah. So I had a son. I'm 18 years old with a baby. I got to teach him. I gotta listen to the music he's listening to. After That's police right. coming straight from the underground, uh, a young nigga got it bad, cousin brown, brown, and not the other color. So police okay. think they have the authority to kill, kill a minority. minority. I got to. I was blasting it out. I was a seminary professor in Hartford, uh, blasting after police. Right. So you mm-hmm. can tell I'm irreverent Michael Eric Dyson, right? right? Mm-hmm. I've never been on um, the the side of black religion that is so. Uh, observant of protocol that it undercuts the ability to be redemptive or transformative. I believe black people who believe in God know the frailty of our humanity, are in more intimately acquainted with our own sin, which is why we should forgive others their sins. An old preacher told me once, he said, young man, Uh, it's easy for a young preacher to damn the, you know, uh, humanity on the heat pile of sin. He said, but the older I get, the more I learn that you got to offer forgiveness. He said, and give grace. And maybe because I need more of it myself. Mm -hmm. So as I've evolved, I've learned that we need grace. But hip hop, has been an extraordinary extension of some of the prophetic traditions of the black church. That mm-hmm. the black church used to talk about social injustice, mm-hmm. racial inequality. When Jay says, you know, bin Laden been happening in Manhattan back when, back then, police was al Qaeda to black men, mm-hmm. right? I felt that, I heard yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, When Nas, it's only right that I was born to use mics and the stuff that I write, it's even tougher than dice. I'm taking rap into a new plateau through Rap Slow. I felt that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I felt KRS-One. You know, and in how many seconds a philosopher will begin to speak, right? Mm-hmm. So I felt that they, at their best, represented the powerful expression of black struggle for social justice. And in the beginning, I know Fat Joe took a lot of heat on this. Black and Latino culture produced hip hop mm-hmm. at its very roots and beginnings, right? Mm-hmm. All kind of scholarship is done about this. This is why I think it's important. Again for Kanye and other people. Talk to scholars. There are a lot of scholars out here who love hip-hop. There are a lot of intelligent black people with PhDs and I'm not saying that all intelligent people have to have PhDs. Cause Jay-Z is one of the greatest geniuses I ever met and didn't graduate high school. Right. Nas went to eighth grade, right. uh, Lil Wayne, and I can go on and on and on. But those are outliers. Mm. The rest of y'all outlying. And what y'all need to do, okay, come on, respect these jokes up in here. Respect these jokes. Uh, respect these jokes up in here. Hey. <laughs> so, so the thing is though, is that let's not undervalue education, not schooling. Schooling is the institutional matrix that receives the impulse to learn. Education means I'm curious about the world in which I live, and I'm going to read and dig deep and think. And I think, again, for Kanye, there are so many brilliant black people out here. Why is it that black people have our entertainers as our spokespeople? Mm. Because of white supremacy. Mm. Because they only allowed entertainers and athletes to represent us. Hey, we like them. We like the Jackie Robinsons. We like the, well, not so much Jack Johnsons. We like the Joe Lewis's. We like the... Uh, you know, uh, Louis Armstrong's, we like the Pearl Bailey's, we like the Ella Fitzgerald's, so they were allowed into spaces that we couldn't get into. So as a result of that, white supremacy mandated our spokesmen and women be celebrities who had received the kind of imprimatur of acceptance by white folk. So, ain't nobody looking toward Miley Cyrus to be a spokespeople for young white folk. (laughs) Britney Spears, for surely not. (laughs) But the point is, we got young people who don't know a damn thing about history. And look, you know I love hip-hop, and I'm going to answer that. But if you don't know what in the hell you're talking about, be quiet. The great philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein said, whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. In other words, shut your damn mouth if you don't know what you're talking about. And when they come to ask you what's going on, on, say, let me get back to you because I'm going to go call somebody who I know on speed dial and get their insight so they can help us out. So I think that's necessary. Look, I ain't no uh, I ain't no rapper, uh, even though I got bars. I write books, you know.
5: what I'm saying you got lyrics. I got more bars than alcoholics.
4: But I got 26. But I do what I do. But I'm saying I don't I don't rap. I don't sing. I don't dance. But God dang it, I do think. Right. This is what I do, and black people should take advantage of that. That doesn't mean every thinking black person is going to agree with every other thinking black person. Right. That's what it means. No, we're independent. Right. We're we're critical. We're self-critical. Uh, sometimes too much so. That's why some intellectuals can't get into the room because all they do is tearing down, as opposed to reconstituting and building. So I take that responsibility seriously. However. The reason I can be a preacher and love hip-hop is because Jesus was ostracized as a figure in the community. Mm-hmm. First of all, the Bible says Herod was trying to kill him when the announcement made that he was born. Right. The powers that be are always trying to kill color, kids of color, always trying to destroy them, sending them to school and kicking them out of school at, ten, at, at, at seven and eight and nine years old. Herods of the world are always trying to undermine our children, kick them out, incarcerate them, send them from school, to detention, to prison. And so Jesus was born in a manger. That ain't just no pretty picture on Christmas. Mm -hmm. That means he's outside the political order. He has no money. His back is against the wall. And when he's spitting lyrics by saying to people, I give you now a parable, he might as well be Kendrick Lamar. Mm -hmm. He might as well be Jay. He might as well be, you know, Megan Thee Stallion. Mm Yes. You know, the woman at the well, she's speaking back. That's Megan The Stallion. Right, Remember, right. you know that wasn't no sister when Jesus went to the well says, where is thou husband? Right. Now, you know, a sister would have said, you Jesus, you tell me. I've been waiting on it for 25 years. But anyway, respect the second joke there. So the thing is, is that as a preacher, I understand intimately the transactions and transgressions of human beings who fail, mm-hmm. right? When you lead the league, in hitting as a batter, that means you strike out seven out of 10 times because you're batting 330. That means you strike out seven out of 10 times you go to the plate. That's what it means to be a Christian is to understand that we are frail, we are fragile, we are flawed, we mess up. So stop judging other people, accept them into the fold. And I learned something valuable about hearing hip hop. Now I don't mean this drill music that's out here now because on the one hand, I hate that the American legal system is trying to hold people accountable for some lyrics? All right. I mean, come on. I mean, do you go to The Godfather? Right. right. Terminator. Why don't you come to me first? Uh. Why don't? Why I understand, you know. Look how I massacring my boy. I mean, are you go? I mean, I'm killing the, the Marlon Brando. The <laughs> I mean, I could go for you, you know, verb for verb, noun for noun on, you know, Michael sitting in the chair. Uh. If you put a gun there, I'll kill them both. <laughs> and Sonny goes, ah! They're laughing at him. But no, he says, why? Why can't we do it? So my point is this, that... If we are talking about a culture that is sensitive to its limitations, and as a Christian, you shouldn't be judging nobody and beating up on nobody. You should be loving and transforming people. That doesn't mean we don't hold each other accountable. That don't mean when we mess up big, we say we messed up big. That doesn't mean we don't suffer the consequences of our failures. But it also means we are invested in reconstituting society, restorative justice, not vengeance. And so much of what's going now on now is about vengeance. And when I hear this drill, Ray, that's different. Yeah, I believe people have the right to say what they want to say. I've defended it. I've testified before Congress several times, the Senate and the U.S. House, mm. to defend hip hop. Right? right? I was there with with uh, Dion Warwick and C. Dolores Tucker when mm-hmm. they were trying when they were trying to get ended, Snoop right, right. Right. falling back on that That's, ass with a right. hell of high gangster lens. You know? <laughs> you see, I was going to ask you about that. That's crazy. You right? Let me let, let me say yeah. this, and then so so the thing is, I've defended them. But the drill, I'm tired of black people dying at the hands of black people. Yeah, and I'm too. tired of people writing songs about it that are about literal human beings that either they have right. killed, want to kill, or in celebrating that drill rap, then going out trying to live the life they sing about in their song. Yeah, that was beautiful cool. when it was the gospel music, right? I want to live the life I sing about in my song. That was a great gospel song. B.B. Yeah. Yeah. E- B- B- King even sang about it. Yep. But that's beautiful when you're dreaming about love and community. It's not good when you're talking about killing may. And murder, and so going out here, you know, pop smoke or or PNB, you know, you're at Roscoe's, mm-hmm. and it's a father and son tag team of toxic masculinity and murderous masculinity, and you kill that kid. You couldn't have just taken his chain. Right. You got to shoot him in his back and his head. This is a cultural addiction to death that we must announce for what it is and denounce it and figure out other constructive ways to embrace and love and edify each other. Wow. And, and,
3: and I think we need to be clear of, of the trajectory of, of, of hip hop rap, where it was a cautionary tale, and now we're just telling you what's happening in real time and we're doing
4: it. That, right. That's the difference and that's or, dangerous. Right. Or the third one, desiring to do it. No, cautionary right, tale, right. reporting as journalism. Right. And then up here, no, that's what I want to do. Right. right. It's one thing. I mean, listen to Regrets by Jay-Z. Listen, you know, I'm from the place where the... <laughs> you know, uh, what does they say? The churches are the flake of People have been praying to God so long that they're atheists. Or I was here the other day. And then, you know, he talks about time travel and so on in his own mind. Look about, think about Nas talking about, you know, talking to the young kid, uh, speaking to him on the stoop. They made belly out of a, a verse from, 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 uh, from uh, Nas's One Love. So there were ways in which poetry or biggie Niggas bleed like, imagine me you know, being scared of a nigga breathe the same air I breathe, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he said, you know, the old dude with kerosene mostly rocked the Isleys, giving us novelistic yeah. details yeah. about right. yeah. the lives that these people live. Now it's about murder, murder, kill, kill, yeah. do you again, kill, kill. And the mumble rap, I don't want to sound like some old Negro, uh-uh. but I'm saying, like, you know, every time you say that, every time I go around. Know what I'm saying? No, no, Negro. No, 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 actually. I actually, I've been black for 63 years and don't know what the hell you said. (laughs) Now, what I love about so called mumble rap, and we don't give. Beyonce, her credit for stouting it in one sense. I mean, Beyonce was eliding syllables and slurring them deliberately, in a laconic and sonically interesting and vocally vibrant way. She should get credit for that in Did terms of its music. you say Beyonce
1: made up mumble rap?
4: I'm telling you, she was mumbling <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. and she was eliding and distorting. Go listen to go listen to Beyonce. The, right, listen to what she was doing. The interesting ways in which she was playing with syllables and eliding them and distorting them for musical purposes. They took it literally instead. Are doing it like wow. now, we would to hell what you're talking about now, wow. and then what you're talking about. Look, I believe in the blues, so I believe the beautiful melodies that come out mm. of uh so called mumble rap. I'm being an old, uh, kind of uh, consternating man here, but on the other hand, I love a lot of that music because it's so melodically rich, yeah, and it's so powerful, yeah, right. and it's so beautiful in terms of the blues, but the lyricism. Right. right. Standing by the speaker. Suddenly I had a fever. Wasn't me or either. Summer Madness. We got to we got to pick back up on the lyrical integrity. Now, a lot of the young people do. We know J. Cole is lyrical. We know yeah. Kendrick is Kendrick, lyrical. Kendrick's and and, and and I think Drake combines both of them. Drake, right. you know, when Drake first came out, when, when Kanye talks about being independent, I was an independent thinker because yeah. I was riding for Drake when people were like what? I said, Drake is a monster. It's going to be a it's gonna be a juggernaut and was bigger than any of us thought. But he he had the beautiful melodies and singing. Men didn't think, oh, that's not manly. You're singing on a song? You're an R&B artist in, in the middle of, of rapping? But what was he doing? You know, jealousy is just love and hate at the same time. He's dropping bars, and he's doing it with Lil Wayne, one of the hardest out there, and he's integrating it into his own ethic of masculinity that doesn't have to kill and murder and create ma'am in order to be a real man. Mm. How about elevating that? How about loving that? Now, part of it is it's yellow upon yellow love, and I do recognize yeah, yeah. that, <laughs> right? His no birthday problem. is October 24th. <laughs> mine is October 23rd. Yeah. So there is some sapatico yeah. because I'm trying to help Drake and Steph Curry bring yellow people back yeah, we because heard, we've heard, been on the margins. Yeah, we've yeah. been on the margins, right? Where
1: are you, Drake, Steph Curry, <laughs> and DJ Envy all go to the same karate class. <laughs> And
4: here's the thing. And, and here's the thing. That's so funny. Uh, let's chop it up. So, uh, but here's the funny thing about it. Because when we we were, we've been in exile now for so long, right? All, right, All right. you pretty chocolate <laughs> boys have been dominant. You know, Denzel, Idris, <laughs> Wesley, yeah, 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 Wesley, yeah. Killed yeah, yeah. Wesley killed us. Wesley killed us. Oh, my God. Midnight magic, chocolate charm. <laughs> he just murdered us, right? But here's the point. So we've been in exile because we realized when we... We had to whip the first time we were wrong. Mm. Light, bright, almost white. We mm. believe we were superior. We believe we were cuter, or at least what, people told us was that. It,
1: I'll be sure who dropped the balls. <laughs>
4: was it him? Yeah, oh. the second album didn't hit. Like <laughs> Chico <laughs> the Boss. <ball>, Chico <laughs> the Boss. Like, I mean, we got pushed out. <laughs> we weren't trying to get okay, out. We I, just I, got yeah. elbowed out because the Chocolate <laughs> Boy said, "Oh no, we got heart and instinct, nigga." So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got marginalized. So we're trying to come back now, uh-huh. but with a redeem. Consciousness, oh. right? Because light skinned people don't want to talk about light privilege any more than white people want to talk about white privilege. Mm. You know I'm saying? We're loath to do that. We don't want to be honest about it. So this time around, we got to admit that we were given privileges that we didn't earn uh, seen in ways that we can't control. And I'm not dissing, you know, I look how I look. So I'm not trying to demonize yellow people, but I am saying at the same time there are ways in which we have to be uh, cognizant of and conscious of and responsible for the consequences of such worship. You know, they would have a paper bag down in New Orleans. If you were darker than that, you wouldn't get in the club. Right. Certain sorority Oh, wow. and fraternities, keeping them light, bleaching them. So we got to be honest and open up about that. We didn't invent that as light-skinned people, but we took advantage of it. It's like white people saying, I wasn't here when slavery started. <laughs> yeah, but when you... But when you got here, you damn sure did not take advantage of what the opportunities were. So we didn't create the love of light skin, but we took advantage of it. We were benefited from it. So I want to do that at the same time. So, yes, the new light skin is socially conscious. I just want to announce that. there's
1: There's a lot of Jamaicans... That's doing bleaching right now. Oh,
4: that's 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 and I Dominican, mean Sammy Sammy Dominican. Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Oh, right. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Sammy was <Sosa. laughs> <Sammy Sosa. laughs> huh? huh? he was the Jackie
1: Robinson of bleaching? Uh, he was uh, uh, a <laughs> Jackie
4: Robinson of bleaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, no. He was hitting balls in the bleachers, <laughs> right. but he wasn't a bleacher, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, that's 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 painful. That's self that's self-hatred, man. Yeah, that's that's self-hatred. Why why are you trying to darken? I mean, to lighten your skin. Sammy Sosa had a beautiful brown skin. Uh, I mean, you know, some of of our rappers and female—I don't want to name no name, you know—who have bleached their skins—it is so painful to me to see the beautiful, my the beautiful black skin. My daddy was blue black right. from Albany, Georgia. Right. I saw how black people treated him. I saw how the white society treated him. They looked down on him like he was a simian, an ape, an orangutan. They saw him as an animal. And 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 they saw me as a light skinned curly haired kid wearing glasses. Oh, he must be smart. I had brothers who were equally smart. I had a brother went to prison. I went to Princeton. Right. Mm. One brother in the pen. I taught at University of Penn. Right. <laughs> but because of I'm not saying it's all based on skin and colorism. But a lot of it was driven by that. Right. And the failure to recognize my brother's talent was driven by colorism as well. We got to fight that with everything because in I, us. I,
1: I've been trying to get down. I've been trying to get darker. I've been trying to get acon. black. I've been trying to get acon black. It's not working Well, you working better out. start
4: with Acon's hair transplant yeah, no, first. No, 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 no. I, oh, I,
1: I can't wait to tell him he, he's horrible out here. <laughs> with that, with that.
4: Oh, with, my God. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, <laughs> but
3: listen, all of that is is, is product of colonialism still affecting there us today. There is
4: no question. But see, now we're bringing it coming full circle. Because what we're talking about with Kanye or the ideas he's promoting is the colonial mindset in your own mind unconsciously using your tongue as a freeway to deliver the vehicle of its white supremacy. Mm. That's what's going on. And until we recognize that colonialism, neo-colonialism, the the internalized self-hatred, the oppression of the dominant culture uh, projected onto us, all of that is happening. And until we confront that, we won't be healthy. I'm not saying every person who is a conservative is self-hating. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because if you're going to study conservative people, then there's Thomas Sowell, there's Walter Williams, there's Robert Woodson. I mean, there are a lot of conservatives I disagree with and fight against, uh, but have respect for at least trying to make an intelligent argument about what they see going on. But for some people who take advantage of white supremacy dollars to fund their own anti-black campaign, I ain't got no love or compassion for that at all.
1: Let me let me ask you, a big thing in the news lately was they just said that student loan is being forgiven. Right. Right. Is that something our community is, is, is should be happy for? Is, Absolutely. Is, is a, okay.
4: But look, the white supremacists tell you that's true because they're going, they, they got laws out here. There's, a, um, I think, a state senator trying to sue the Biden administration now because he says, really, what that is about is forgiving black people what their loans are, and therefore, as a result of that, Uh, we need to stand against it. So the white supremacists understand better than some of us that that helps us in a disproportionate fashion because a lot of the people who make an under $100,000 can be forgiven that $20,000. And the Biden administration said that in part, this would help those who are economically disadvantaged and historically underrepresented, minoritized and racialized communities. So it is helping And that schools up, no doubt. Hey, no question about that. So no moving
1: com- forward, why, why we don't have, in America, free college? Like, why you have to pay for education Or free in healthcare but, but, <laughs> but, like, I go to people, like, my friends right. in Europe, right. they, they go to hospitals for free, they go to the schools Shit, for free. Uh, like, Canada, we don't have to go to yeah, Europe. Right. Right. That's right, Canada.
4: But Canada. them elective surges, dog, is a, long, is a monster. You got to wow. wait on them in the right. free, free right. country. Oh, you want to nose that? No, you're going to have—that's that's, uh, 10 years and 7 days. Okay, thanks. Wow. See you then. So, wow. but— Having said that, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Right. We should have universal health care. Right. We should have the ability to go into any hospital in this country and darn be able to get help. We should go to any college that our minds take us to that we're able to go to. Mm-hmm. For that matter, why is it that we don't have a free hol- a holiday for voting? Mm, why why right. don't you get registered the moment you're born? Every citizen in America should be able to vote. Why we got to go through? You can, look, you can have a... a, a a card, a registration for a gun and be able to vote, but have one for college and not be able to vote. This is the twisted mentality. They think the second amendment is the second commandment, right? right? And the problem is they worship guns, they idolize and fetishize all forms of ignorance and dominance and control. And at the same time, the masses of people, including white folk would be advantaged Mm -hmm. by free college by voting universally, and by universal health care. How better, how much happier would this nation be were we to be afforded those opportunities? And we the richest nation in the world. Mm -hmm. You ain't talking about, I mean, the nations you're talking about ain't the richest. Mm -hmm. We are the richest per capita. Mm -hmm. And yet we have some of the greatest chasms between the have-gots and the have-nots. The inequality is atrocious in this country, and we are continually creating economic policies that reinforce the poverty of the poor and the wealth of the wealthy.
3: And we're exporting money currently right now in proxy wars when a lot just a fraction uh, of
4: that money could help that, right here. that disparity. Right here. Right here uh, at the crib. Could be helping out. So yeah, no, I'm agree with you a whole wholly. The
1: um, other day, right, I couldn't sleep. So when I can't sleep sometimes, I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch Hulu. What I like to do is go watch old school cable, right? Right, right, right. I want to watch Jerry Springer. I want to watch just shit like that. So right. I, I'm watching Cheetahs the other day, right? Right. And Cheetahs. Cheetahs, right? Cheetahs, I'm yeah. i you said cheetahs. I'm like. Oh, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> cheetahs, you know. Right. This is, this, 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 yeah, but yeah, they get yeah. caught cheating. but well, this white couple come on. I, I, I couldn't watch it. This Chinese couple come on. I, I so could Chinese, Chinese you know oh. what I'm saying? I could I couldn't watch it. But as soon as Black Pain came on, I identified with it. I was like I was like as soon as I seen a black couple come on, I was like, "Oh shit, now we rocking." <laughs> and then I seen a Latino couple come on, and me being half a Latino, I did I thought to myself, I said, "Yo, wait a minute. Am I addicted to black trauma and
4: not even know it?" Yep. It could be the case <laughs> or representation matters. Mm-hmm. Or you identify with what you are. Okay. Line. look.
3: It relates. Rel- it's you, you relate to it. Right. You
4: can see, you're right. You, you can't identify with a white person or an Asian person necessarily, right. although most of us, you know, black people, we go to movies all the time and got no black people in there. We'd be like, girl, get out the way.
5: Right, right. God damn it, <laughs> the
4: man is behind you. Move, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throwing stuff at the theater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't no black people involved, right? right? So we have an ability to transcend our ethnic boundaries and tribalism in many ways, but Having said that, I grew up in an era where they had Jet Magazine, which is a physical magazine. Yes, now, yes, now it's yes, online. Yes, yes. And every week in Jet Magazine, that, at that the end— of Beauty of the Week? Be, well, that too. I mean, that's, <laughs> why, I, that's why I looked at <laughs> Jet. I was a young man <laughs> That was then. number one, but I'm a Baptist preacher, so I have to say number two. <laughs> okay, okay, right? okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so, so the Jet Beauty of the Week, which was uh-huh, cold. Uh-huh. But then, at the end of the book, always, this week in television, uh-huh. all the black people and shows— that were involved were listed in Jet. Wow. Oh, Diane Carroll's going to be a guest star on Bonanza. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. will have a guest starring role on Mannix uh, and so on. Now, first of all, it was tragic because all the blackness could be listed at the end of a magazine, right, right that, that that black people were on, but that's how hungry we were mm-hmm. to see ourselves represented. Mm-hmm. The real housewives of, mm-hmm. right, we're so desperate mm-hmm. to see ourselves represented. Now we have over-representation and over-indexing in some negative uh, situations, but we are still desperate to see representation to be counted, to be seen. So you say, And I, part of that is you want it to be seen. yeah, I, I, Even if it's trauma. Thank you. it's thought stronger. I was fucked up in the head. <laughs> I,
1: was, I was sitting over at night and I was like, wait a minute, man. I'm just used to seeing my my." my pain. That can be true, too. It can, <laughs> be, true the can, can be true at the same time. It can both be true.
4: But the thing is, is that representation does matter. We perk up when we see those who look like us. Uh. And The problem with white supremacy is not that white people identify with white people. It's that that they only identify with white people and that they identify with white people in a way to exclude opportunity for others. Remember that Saturday Night Live skit with Eddie Murphy when they go into the bank and he dresses up like a white man? Damn.
1: And they were oh, like, okay, I ain't see that. Right,
4: right, and then they, you know, he goes to every bank. You know, black people can't get no money.
1: Oh, did he oh, go to the bank? They because the white, white person, and then they give it Just
4: take all the money, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? So, so that's what it, right? That's that's what it is, right? When you're in a dominant position, mm-hmm. you don't know understand. Uh, David Foster Wallace, a, a late great, uh, incredible um, uh, novelist, had a little story, a little parable. He said it was these two fish mm. in the water, right? And they're floating along, they're doing their thing. And they see this older fish, you know, coming in the opposite direction. And the older fish says to them, afternoon, how's the water, boys? And then goes on about his business. And then they turn to each other. What's water? Mm. Because when you're in it, (laughs) you don't recognize where you are. So white supremacy is the same way. Whiteness is the same way. You're born on third base, think you hit a triple. You think the world operates and has the same advantages you do. You think the world operates according to your viewpoints. Even if you're a poor white person, you think you have the ability to work hard and therefore make a difference. Not knowing that millions upon millions of black and brown and Latino and queer and other people have worked hard and Asian folk have worked hard and never got the rewards they deserve. So they're in water, and you never know you're in water until somebody calls attention to it, and then you pay attention to what that is. And that's what whiteness is in this country. Even white folk who are poor who go, look, I'm poor. I ain't got no advantages. Uh, People are mistreat me and so on and so forth. I say to them, if you can meet a police person and live to tell about it, Mm. you ain't got to be rich to take advantage of white privilege, Mm. the privilege to be taken seriously. Mm. I've seen white folk chasing police cars down with machetes, Mm -hmm. right? And the police are running from them Mm -hmm. with a gun in their holster Mm -hmm. because their mentality is, I'm not going to harm this fellow citizen. Mm -hmm. If only they could apply that to us. Mm -hmm. And so this is why black people are so deeply entrenched In abolishing the police, reconstructing the police, trying to grapple with police powers because they have been unleashed uh, on us in a way, because white people don't understand they have an advantage and a privilege and an opportunity and an experience that the masses of non-white people will never know.
1: Well, that that was that was. Let's say something to you. Our show Mm -hmm. is about giving people flowers. Yes, sir. You know that's why we are. Uh, that's why we are appalled that we received this black last because we we know if people predominantly watch our show we did check Kanye we did check him on his anti-Semitism we did check him on the George Floyd thing we did check him on Black Lives Matter but most people just watch the first 15 minutes or 18 minutes well, our show is predominantly about giving people flowers. Yeah. And we would be remiss if we didn't give you your flowers. So oh. we want to give you your flowers, face-to-face. You. Man, man. You know you. what I'm saying? Let's you get some of your flowers. They, gla- oh, they last forever. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, my God. Medical yeah.
4: marijuana. No, 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 no. No, no. No, no. that's beautiful. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Let's noise for that. yeah. But I got,
1: no. I, I got I got one more question because I know you got to go sure. soon. I know you got to no, catch no, a flight. No, Let's, let's hang out. Um, let's hang out. Yeah, and uh, then I, now that I got all the seriousness out of the group, then, then I'll take a little champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I want I wanted to be sober and do this motherfucker. I ain't going to lie. Oh, I was scared to death. I see you over there. Kid, I ain't even want to say nothing. I said he, he had one beer. You know, you know we are serious over here. But but then we'll do a quick time and then we can end it there. Um, reparations. Mm-hmm. First off, where do we stand as a people on, on getting or receiving reparations? Right. And two, where do you stand? Do you think this is something that we we deserve? This is something that we, that that we should
4: get moving forward. Absolutely. Okay. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1963, in his book Why We Can't Wait, mm-hmm. said that a nation had de- <clears throat> excuse me mm-hmm. a nation that has done something special against the Negro mm-hmm. for 250 years must now do something special for the Negro. Mm-hmm. He, and he talked about a GI Bill. Remember the GI Bill, World War II? Soldiers returned home. What did they get? They got extra points on a test to get into school. Mm-hmm. That was cool. You got to hook up, mm-hmm. right? You got money for a house, mm-hmm. and you got the ability to get a job. Mm-hmm. That's the holy trinity of affirmative action. Mm -hmm. there's a a scholar named ira katz nelson a professor of sociology and history at columbia who wrote a book when affirmative action was white see a lot of white folk i'm you know the supreme court is going to soon uh you know vote again on affirmative action and probably will undercut it the point is that affirmative action was a white thing from the getty up so reparations are due Mm -hmm. i think it's tupac or somebody said The the truth is that we are deserving of reparations, having worked for free to build this nation, literally, Mm -hmm. the institutions, the buildings, the infrastructure, everything that we see in this nation was created and constructed by black labor, indigenous labor, Asian labor, black free labor, forced against our will, being brought here in 1619 symbolically, Mm -hmm. uh, as the record says, 20 and some odd Negroes brought here to America. And from then, the proliferation of black bodies to support this nation. Why wouldn't we pay reparations? Yes. And reparations come, by the way, in many forms. It could be educational subsidies. Land. Land. How about not 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 having Negroes pay taxes for the next 50 That's years. That's
1: what we just, yo, listen, <clears throat> for the little. next 50 That's years. Look, little Can little.
4: we not pay taxes? Can we not oh pay taxes God. And, God. Get, and get land? And they said, I swear to God, it. right, right there. And look, if you can't give us 40 acres and a mule, give us an acre on Wall Street, and if you ain't got a mule, give us a jaguar and call it a day. <laughs> but the point is that, yes, reparations are necessary. They are critical. They are vital. They have been critical in Europe. What happened to Jewish brothers and sisters who were demonized by Hitler in Germany, what happened to Japanese brothers and sisters in this country who were demonized in internment camps. So yes, we are, and there are some state legislatures that are talking about reparations for black people. At least uh, under Joe Biden, right, we are now speaking about the possibility of studying reparations because the black president, Barack Obama, was against them,
1: Mm. right? Against reparations? Yes, absolutely. No.
4: Absolutely. Wait, halfway. They, they, they put up a vote where we No, weapons. he talked about it in his discussions that he didn't think it was gonna win. He didn't think it was feasible, and let's not do it. So, so again, the old white man, Joe Biden, the night he was elected, said, Black people, I owe you. Wow. And I'm gonna pay you. Now that's what Joe Biden said. Now, whether or not he followed through exactly as you thought, the <clears> fact <throat> that he put it into the public sphere. Now, let me say this. For all those naysayers out there who are black, this hypocritical professor doesn't recognize that that, uh, Biden, uh, that uh, Obama couldn't say certain things. I do recognize that. I recognize that Obama couldn't say a lot of things that a white guy could say. Mm-hmm. Obama couldn't be as black as uh, Bill Clinton going on Arsenio Hall playing the saxophone. I get that. But there are ways in which the substance of his policy could reflect a commitment to the transformative practice of politics for black people. So I all I'm saying to you is Obama could have done that and could also have used his bully pulpit to inform America about what was going on. Because at the second term, they ain't going to love you no more, bro. They don't love you like that. So therefore, do what you think is necessary. But here's the thing we didn't want to accept about Obama. Mm. What he was doing is what he felt. You know You know how Michael Jordan said after I get out of— you know, basketball, then I'll be more political. And to a certain degree, it has been. But uh, people were saying, "Can you?" when you're in office is when it makes a difference. Nobody want to hear from you after you leave, yeah. when you retire. Obama was president. And since he's been retired, he's coming back now for the midterms. He out there making dough. He out there hanging out with multi-white billionaires. Who, who, um, Obama? Um, Obama, yes. Now, look, I ain't mad at him getting no dough. I ain't mad at him making no money. I ain't mad at him getting everything he can. But using and I know he has to be relatively silent because he wants to respect the present president. I get that. Mm -hmm. But he does come out every now and again to make statements uh, and to articulate his idea and his ideas. And it's extremely important that we hear from him. But it was especially important when he was in office to make use of that bully pulpit to change the lives of many black people and many things he left on the table. And he had nothing to do with white folk denying him an opportunity to be able to do what he did. He didn't have to go to black churches and and squash black men. He didn't have to to go to the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington and then then dog black people saying that we used the excuses of Malcolm's death and Martin's death to engage in a culture of crime. Had a white boy said that, we would have been nuts. That sounds like white supremacy to me. Uh, Well, again, the anti-blackness and some of Obama's rhetoric, as pointed out by many writers and thinkers... Was really real, including Ta-Nehisi Colts, who wrote about it. Why does he speak uh, to us that way in the Atlantic Magazine? Obama was on some of that anti blackness as well.
1: Wow. Man, that got deep. You you ready for Quick Time with (laughs) Slime? Let's go. We play a game on our show. It's called Quick Time with Slime, right? Yes, sir. So uh, you could pick one or the other.
4: Uh huh.
1: And. if you, pick, if you politically correct can you pick both, Dang. we drink. Being that you're not drinking, we'll drink for you. <laughs> we'll drink for you. I'm
4: going to get y'all drunk. Cool,
1: cool. Uh,
3: Sonny could be his ringer. Yeah, Sonny could be your, your, your ringer, your ringer,
1: drinker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. I feel like you, I, you was rushing it because we was rushing it. Okay, okay. But it's cool. Oh, wait,
3: that's oh, no, great, that's wait, wait. The, yeah, there's the first part of
1: it. Oh, I yeah, didn't see. Go. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, go. okay. okay. Go ahead. Oh, this is good. This ready? Is good. Yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah, you said it all. All right, first one is... Oh. Tupac or DMX? Pac.
1: Mm, okay. <clears throat> Ice Cube or Chuck D? Woo!
4: <laughs> damn. Y'all better drink. Because <laughs> right. right, that's both, both, of them, yeah, both of them. Elvis was a hero the most, mm-hmm. but he never meant to me mm-hmm. straight up racist. The sucker was simple and plain. Or Ice Cube. I mean, come on, man. Right. Why is it that on time black people get to ride in a limo when they're dead? I mean, both right. of them genius. Wow. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Jay Z or Nas?
4: Oh, <laughs> drink, brother. Okay. <laughs> drink,
1: brother.
4: I mean, but look, obviously, obviously Jay-Z mm-hmm. is a unique figure mm-hmm. in the history of hip-hop. There's mm-hmm. never been mm-hmm. a figure with that much rhetorical genius, mm-hmm. intellectual capacity, mm-hmm. cultural momentum and the power to shift and change the culture with his rhetoric and then follow that up mm-hmm. with his extraordinary embodiment of a boss. Mm-hmm. So in that right. sense, Jay-Z is unique mm-hmm. and above anyone else to whom he could be compared. Uh, but when you look at the poetry of Nas and of Jay, they're geniuses and of made extraordinary.
1: Nas at 16. I mean,
4: you like, started when, at 16. You hear
1: these young guys' music and they be like, well, well they don't have enough experience. And, and you're like, wait a minute.
4: Look. Nah, I started at a verbal 16. assassin, my architect, architect pleases. pleases. When I when was, I was 12, 12, I went to hell for snuffing stuff Jesus. Jesus. I mean, <laughs> it's only right that I was born to use mics, and the stuff that I write is <laughs> even tougher than dice. I'm <laughs> taking rap into a new plateau. <laughs> <laughs> Through rap Slow. my rhyming <laughs> is a vitamin. Hell without a capsule. So <gasps> a smooth We're criminal on b breaks. Never put me in your box that that if your shit, that that shit that eats takes. No, cool. no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But... But when you think that, and see, my only beef with Jay is that he puts kingdom come too low in his estimation. I would write it if y'all could get it, but being intricate, i get you would critics on the internet. I'm like, you should spit it. I'm saying you should buy it, nigga. That's good business.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with everything you said. They both my homeboys. How about that?
3: hmm I mean, uh, the next one is uh, <laughs> Trump or Biden.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pour my drink on you for <laughs> asking me that. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Joe B. <laughs> uh-huh. OK,
1: mm-hmm. okay.
3: good. Oh, yeah, he picked and We're okay. drinking. That's I'm still a <laughs> um, <laughs> Books made in America or the black presidency. <laughs> Made in America. Oh,
4: my books. Oh, those are mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, I get it. Both, damn it, both. <laughs> right. They're two tall, slim black men who are geniuses mm-hmm. Jay and, and Barack Obama. Mm. But Jay Z is such a towering figure.
1: I got to you get know. Talib, Kwali, or
4: Kamen? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my Jesus. Y'all be killing the brother up in (laughs) here. Start drinking. Uh, Because, I mean, Talib, Mm. these cats drink champagne, toast, death and pain, Mm. like slaves on a ship bragging about who got the flyest chain. Mm. I mean, and when Common says to a girl... You know, I won't buy you a shirt, but I will match your work. I mean, in terms of... And then, you know, the genius that he's expressed since the time he was a young boy in uh, Chicago. Yeah, just just extraordinary people.
1: Okay. Killer Mike or T.I.? <laughs> yeah.
4: Again, I know both of these figures. Right. In fact, I've known everybody you talked about. Right. Damn, they're both incredible, man. I mean, Killer Mike run the jewels? Yeah. Is just amazing. T.I. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah, uh, yeah they're both amazing. We oh. got a drink. We oh. got a drink. We oh. got a drink.
1: Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor?
4: Oh, damn. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this Richard Pryor, prior to, pun intended, uh-huh. uh, Eddie Murphy, I mean, he's still maybe the stand up GOAT. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Okay. Right. In terms of bringing the full weight of black popular culture to bear in the narratives that he's spread. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, he's alone. But Eddie Murphy, in terms of acting, Mm -hmm. in terms of multi, you know, more than a billion dollars at the box office. Nobody has been that great of a comedic actor and be able to do a great stand-up. And music.
3: He did music. And great and, and music, too. Party, <laughs> party, all the party, party, all the party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. I mean,
4: I, I Not would, our say, version, but I would say I might have give it to Eddie on that. Oh, OK. OK. To give it to Eddie on that.
1: <clears throat> you know, I'm going to tell you why about Eddie. I was a, I'm a little I'm 45, so I'm a little um, younger. I didn't really get to see prior. Right. Right. It was oh, he pretty was much on VHS. Right. Or something like that. I remember Eddie movies coming out and me driving by the movie theater and everyone suited and booted as if... They're being seen,
4: right? There, like, there's no question. I had never seen that before. Like uh, he, he did it, man. He sexualized black comedy. Right. Bill Cosby couldn't be sexualized. Well, hey, man. Not that we knew. Hey,
1: uh, <laughs> sh- hey man. We just got out the pool. Man. The
6: is back in there. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut that. Uh,
4: <laughs> but I mean, uh, Dick Gregory. But Eddie Murphy brought the sexual ethos of black masculinity to bear. Now again. Richard Pryor is non in terms of no comparison in terms of Mudbone and all the stories he told and yep. the television stuff he did. But when you look at it all together and then when you add acting, he wasn't nearly as great a comic actor as Eddie Murphy. Right. And Eddie Murphy's range is astonishing. And another young man coming up, we didn't mention him. I mean, Kevin Hart, to yeah. me, yeah. has gotten so much more funny, yes. has refined his craft, is a monster on that film and is will be challenging soon that title because of the comprehensive character of the kind of work that he does.
1: He sat in that same seat that you sitting in, and we told him to his face, you are the closest thing to Eddie that we've been seeing. Like there's no question. Because people are coming out to Kev, and there's a whole bunch of people dumb people that say <laughs> Kevin ain't funny. I am uh, not with them. No, I, I saw his latest show them. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is funny. Oh my god. Okay. ODB or Bismarcky?
4: <laughs> you, you got, got what, what I need. need, but you say he's just a friend. <laughs> yeah. Might be
1: the greatest hip-hop song all oh, ever. Oh, yeah,
4: man. I, I I mean, I love me and Mariah go, uh, go back, back like, like babies, babies will pass old dirt mm-hmm. dog. Uh, I'll have to get that to uh,
1: Bismarcky. Okay, Bismarck. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's, that's the person who I wanted to be like, Bismarcky, because... Right. At the time, rap was so serious, and when I heard "Picking Boogers," I was like, "Wait a
4: minute! I'm yeah, gonna, right!
1: I want to be like that."
4: Yeah, no, no doubt, no this doubt.
1: This is like an oxymoron because I think we asked you this in a different way, but we're gonna ask you it again: right. N.W.A. or Public Enemy?
4: Oh damn! Oh my God! I mean, the inf- i mean, Public Enemy's influence is just is just astonishing. I mean, when you think about the clown and the court gesture, and the king, right, in terms of Chuck of D, Chuck D right? right? I mean, Lave, just what he was
3: doing. The clown.
1: Right, right?
4: yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, and can't and forget Chuck Ter-
3: Terminator X as well. I mean, right.
4: Terminator X, is right, right, in terms of that. Right. So, but NWA was powerful. I mean, when F the Police came out, uh, but then I had to explain to myself, a B, a B is just a B is just a B is just a B. So the parts of toxic masculinity that they express, the misogyny and the hatred of women, is so overwhelmingly negative, uh, but at the same time, the power of their witness uh, to social justice, but I'd have to choose P.E. Okay. <clears throat> you Oh, you skipped uh, Queen Latif or MC Light? <laughs> oh, damn drink. Because <laughs> they're both, I love them and know them both, amazing, and they affected the genre in many ways. Yep. I mean, and to see both of them go on to become what they are. I mean, you know, Queen Latifah, like, who knew, right? Can sing, can act. I mean, she, like a female no, Will Smith amazing. at that yeah. level, yeah. if you will. She could fight to me, in my mind. Oh, well, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> in my I think Queen
1: Latifah wins some ass. And, it,
4: and MC Light. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in terms of the flow, the funky acrobatics of her rhetoric, and then now making a career... Joe B-
1: Joe, um, what is it? What is it? Benjamin Buttons, when you revert. Oh, she's, yeah. She's, she's, she's oh, looking my. younger and oh, younger. Oh, my I'm
4: God. Saying. Just uh. incredibly uh, intelligent and beautiful. Uh. Both are, of them. What were you going to say about
3: Light? Like, because her voice is everywhere now.
4: I mean, her vo- that, as, a, as right, doing these, yeah. you know, shows. I mean, she has invented another career yeah, yep. in terms of announcing, yeah. in terms of broadcasting and stuff, wow. and still out there. I did. I've done many events with her where we, uh, we did a, at Syracuse University, where we had a conversation. Brilliant, brilliant. Both of them, amazing, beautiful. Brilliant 80s money. hip-hop
1: or 90s hip-hop? <sighs> he could go back to that.
4: Yeah, I'm going to have to rock with 90s. 90s? I mean, you know, I'm going to have to say, uh, back in the days our parents used to take care of us, look at them now, they're they even effing scared of us, us, calling the city for help because they can't maintain it's damn things done If I wasn't in the rap game, I'd probably have a key knee mm. deep in the crack okay. game. I mean... 90s and then Nas and Jay? I mean, when Jay said they're having a debate about who's the three greatest... B- Biggie uh, Jay or not he wasn't even he wasn't even in the conversation at that point but he was in the conversation <laughs> right. that's how that's how pro- yeah, he, he, that's how forward right. looking his he genius was that, oh yeah. there ain't no doubt you're about right. that he put
1: himself in a category he wasn't right in at then. that time he, he right. knew and that's oh, a lesson that's, crazy. that's a agree.
4: lesson to people yeah. know who you are yeah. you Speak might not into into existence. Existence.
1: he spoke that into existence he spoke existence. that now, into existence and now you won't think of those three without each other no that's exactly right because he he's in a stratosphere on his own that's crazy I totally forgot that yeah I hear you you, you want to do the um
3: yeah, Higher Learning or American History X?
4: Ah yeah, I might have to go Higher Learning. Okay. You know, American History X was beautiful because it exposed uh, the gut bucket realities of white supremacy and this transformation. But Higher Learning, I mean, John Singleton was just such a great artist, a director, and a thinker trying to right, trying to struggle with uh, with that. Plus, he put Pac in the movie. You know, wanted to put Pac in yeah. the movies and. It was beautiful. And Big, Baby, you know, what was that play? up
1: Michael Rappaport, um, who's getting dragged right now. Because, um, he, you know, sometimes people got to mind their business. And I'm not saying this to his case. Right. But I, I feel like this is this was, even though, because he charmed in on something that Ye said about black people. And when he charmed in, he called Ye a crackpot. And, oh, yeah. man, I ain't going to yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah. I ain't going to lie. It was, it was almost like our, our people was like, we can
4: talk about him, right. and Not you, <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. So, right. oh,
1: they are dragging Michael Rappaport right now, and I but think he made
4: that he made that uh, documentary on uh Tribe Called Quest. Tribe
1: Called right. Quest. Right. I mean, yes. he, that's one of the great yeah, that's documentaries. That's a great bro. documentary.
4: Woo. But, so
1: big him up because <laughs> I see him getting dragged through the media. No, he, <laughs> he's ready
3: to come. He wants. Yeah, to get, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah need of
1: to course. Get him on um, I think you should do the uh, the podcast. Mm-mm-mm.
3: Podcast or radio?
4: Oh. I mean, podcasts are where it's at right now, but okay. I'm old school too. I love to go just listen to that daggum radio and hear some music I ain't never heard before. So but drunk. Podcasts, but you yeah. know, Drink Champs in particular. Hey. Let's go
1: Yeah! Hey. 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 Now, this, this, now, this is, this, this is uh, the same question that's outright, but I want to know if you met either. Right, because we, we have favorite on drink stories. We have favorite stories on this. Right. Michael Jackson
4: or Prince? I met them both. Ah. Let me tell you what. Here's the. Michael Jackson, we were in the bathroom at Johnny Cochran's funeral. That already sounds crazy. Okay, that, already <laughs> sounds-
3: <laughs> that Already sounds like a crazy <laughs>
4: setup. We're at, we're in the bathroom at Michael in the church at uh West Angeles Church of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Pastored by the great uh Bishop Charles Blake. Mm-hmm. now his uh, son co-pastor and uh we're in the bathroom during, you know, OJ is in the in the funeral, too. You got a lot of right. O.J. stories. I got O.J., right. O.J. I hope. <laughs> I was hoping that Negro didn't recognize me. <laughs> We're in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson is washing his hands. And he turns to me and he says...
1: Does he have gloves on when he's washing no, his no, hands? No, no, no. Right. <laughs> that
3: that would have been some fucking up shit.
1: <laughs> washing his hands with gloves.
4: He goes, I like how you talk on TV. <laughs> I
3: said,
4: what the hell? I said... <laughs> I like how you sing, sing on stage. <laughs> he went <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, with Prince, Prince invited me along with a couple others to his uh to his palatial mansion of uh the, what do you call it the uh, in uh, uh Minneapolis in
1: Lake Minnetonka.
4: Yeah, right to the uh what's the purple palette? I mean not the purple palette. What am I, why am I blocking? This is a senior moment. The famous place he has there in Minnesota. We'll come to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh Google what that. did they call it? Yeah, please Google that cuz I that. don't want to look like a complete fool. Yeah. Uh Google. thank <laughs> you, man. And so he invites us and we Paisley have a Park. Paisley, Park. Paisley Park. Yeah. So he has the uh is that what it's called the the one where he, where we went okay, so he we're having a little uh, he invites me because he sees me on TV thinks I'm smart talking stuff he says, but he says you you know you defend gay people I say, yeah, I mean but you're a preacher now he had just got converted, remember okay to being a um seven day no not seven day uh the way Michael Jackson went Michael Jackson left and he went in not Jehovah, some Jehovah's, Jehovah's witness Jehovah's. he was Jehovah's witness okay. And I'm thinking, Prince, you've been a patron saint for right. androgyny. And to myself, I didn't say this to him, but moving <laughs> forward. But what I did say to him is that, yeah, because I believe God loves everybody. Either God created everybody or God ain't created nobody, sir. Uh, so I, I, I definitely believe so. We had a little argument there. Uh, and then uh, I said, are you telling me that all the music you had before you were converted is the devil's music? And he basically said, yes. I said, I disagree with that. I said, when you made Signs of the Times, I said, that's God speaking to you, sir. So I disagree. But then out in an event with uh, Tavis Smiley out in L.A., uh, Prince is playing on stage and he says, I know Mr. Dyson can talk, but can he dance? I said, son, son, son. So me and uh, Cedric Entertainer got on stage and started a little dance party, wow. and everybody else joined us. So yeah, my Prince and uh, Michael Jackson stories there, my that's, man. That's
1: crazy. And then Prince didn't have his ass out, as just had to <laughs> Right? Like, no, right? No, no, no. No know, chaps uh, no revealing j- the astronomical, <laughs> <Okay>.
4: astronomical <laughs> side. No, no, not at all.
1: They say Prince was gangster with his ass out. Woo! <laughs> Playing basketball yeah. in them high heels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. Prince
4: was, was, was cold-blooded yeah. now. Yeah, Ain't they, no they, doubt about they, that.
1: They say that. I haven't met either one.
4: All right. Okay. Okay. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X? I love them both, but Martin Luther King Jr. for me. Okay. And the reason I'll tell you, Malcolm X changed the psychology of black people in such a fundamental way. He would have been so tonic and helpful to a Kanye West, Mm -mm. teaching him about the complicity he exhibits with the white supremacy that he's been seduced by, Mm. all right?
5: Mm.
4: But Martin Luther King Jr., changed the world for black people. Right. He changed the law. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X changed the mindset of yeah. some.
1: Yeah.
4: King changed the law. When I say King, I mean, uh, you know, Ella Baker. I mean, Septima Clark. I mean, all the black women and others who work with him. But he has this symbol. <clears throat> the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Bill, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, and in the wake of his death, the 1968 Fair Housing Act. That's the holy trinity mm. of social justice. And then when I was nine years old, he was murdered. Wow. I had never heard of him. And I'm looking at television, I'm sitting there. My father's in his favorite seat behind me. We in the hood, in the ghetto in Detroit. And the newsman broke faith with the original program and said tonight at 6.01 local time, Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. I don't think they announced he was dead. And then he was standing there. Uh, We've got some difficult days ahead, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And so I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man, mine eyes. And then he turned around and fell into the arms of Ralph Abernathy and Jesse Jackson for the last words in a public declaration that he uttered on this earth Mm. before a bullet sent across a parking lot of a motel found its unerring target in the skull and flesh of Martin Luther King Jr. at 39 years old, clipped his tie, pulled open his jaw, and his feet were bicycling as if he were on a bicycle. And the greatest we've ever produced died that day. God bless, Mm -hmm.
1: God bless. Uh, Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris?
4: Oh, Bruce Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Donald Trump Jr.? I mean, <laughs> Donald oh, Trump Jr.? Oh Chuck Norris is Donald oh Trump Oh, my don't, don't God. Tell me, don't
1: ruin my childhood. Doc,
4: Chuck... And I be watching them uh, retreads of the 70s mill. <laughs> Chuck Norris is a right winger, bro. Really?
1: Straight
4: but and also, wasn't he Bruce Lee's student to start with? I mean, he was... Right. Chuck... I mean, Bruce Lee is the man. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was even checking out with him. And Jim Kelly. What but did he Bruce say? Lee? That water
1: flow like water.
4: Oh, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Chuck Norris can't, you know, handle mm. his noon chucks. Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Most deaf or Black Thought?
4: Oh, damn. Drink, bro. Okay. Drink, I, I, I can't. Black. I mean, Tell both of them fun. geniuses. Speech is my hammer. Bang the world in the shape. Now let it fall. Mm. Although Black Thought said... Slice him like a Viking, like Michael Eric Dyson. Okay, Mm. I just, I gotta gotta show him love. I gotta show him love. Therefore, I better say Black Thought. No, (laughs) I I gotta give Black Thought the nod because he gave me so much love. And, uh, but both of them are geniuses. I mean, when you have Lin-Manuel Miranda texting you saying, did you see... The fre the, 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 what the, the Funk Flesh, I mean, the, uh, oh, the Black Thought Funk Flash
1: freestyle. freestyle. Oh, oh thought, my God. Yeah.
4: He was like, bro. He said, I already knew he was top 10, but my God. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Black Thought's body of work is so powerful, it's so dense. I mean, both of them are geniuses, but Black Thought's extraordinary uh, output, even into his 50s, mm. is quite remarkable. Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock? Drink up, bro. Drink okay. up. But both of them, again. I mean, Chris Rock, in between, after Eddie, Chris Rock had the crown. I mean, as a stand-up. Right. Right? And, and getting into acting as well. Top five and others that he did extraordinarily way, well Do His
1: new stand-up, whatever he do, it's going to be oh, amazing. Oh,
4: I mean, he's doing around going to country now. I just want to see it, I, right?
1: What but I meant is whenever it comes out. Yeah, down, yeah, right. You're
4: amazing. right. You're right. So his genius, I mean, he's more political in that sense. He's more traced to... You know, some of the white you know, Mort Saul and some of the white comedians who were explicitly political than to Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was cultural in a way that had political consequence, but he was he wasn't explicitly political in the way that Chris Rock is. So Chris Rock would be the greatest political comedian in that sense mm. within our genre. and then Dave Chappelle, as you know, taking up and combining the kind of cultural apparatus of a of a, of a Richard Pryor and then being able to improvise right Chris Rock is hip hop Dave Chappelle is jazz mm. you know he's just telling the story mm. he's just speaking to you mm. and Chris Rock is hitting you with the rapid fire you know insight from there so they're both extraordinary geniuses okay Jesse Jackson
1: or Al Sharpton <laughs>
4: Yeah, drink up, bro. But, you know, uh, they're both friends of mine, and they're both amazing. I mean, Jesse Jackson. I put Jesse Jackson. Number one, Martin Luther King Jr. Number two, Frederick Douglass. Number three, Jesse Jackson. Mm -hmm. Well, between Jesse and Harriet Tubman, they can flip, either one. But I'm going to tell you how, Jesse Jackson has never been given his due. And not until he's dead, for a few years, will people understand what he did? He took the baton from Martin Luther King Jr., who was 39. Jesse was 26. He's now, what, 83? Somewhere around that, 84 almost. Je- uh, well, maybe 82, 83, and uh, just had a birthday. Jesse Jackson carried us from Martin Luther King Jr.'s death, right, right until Al Sharpton essentially, right, takes that, of that particular variety of leadership. So Jesse he tried to Jack-
1: cancel Muhammad Ali. Jesse Jackson was
4: biased. I mean, all of that. The, yeah. from, from 1968 King's death to the backlash against affirmative action in the 1970s. Jesse Jackson, I'm gonna tell you a story. I was writing Jesse Jackson's Jesse book. Jesse Jackson's
1: 81, It just told me. 81, just
4: 81. Jesse Jackson was. I was writing his book, 1990, 91. I was writing his uh I had never written a book before, but he hired me at that a, point. He was a ghostwriter? Oh. Oh, yeah, I was going to ghostwrite. Okay. Might have had my name on the cover. What? Uh, to his book. And we were going. We had gone to see Mandela in London. We were there. We were at a table. Anita Baker. Oh, crazy. Terrence Trent Darby. Crazy. Patti uh, LaBelle. Belle, And uh, Tracy Chapman. And and, and and this is like 91. And, and Patti LaBelle said, I can listen to you talk all day. All right. I was like... Thank you. If only you knew. So, so I'm with Jesse Jackson in the car once, and he's going. He's, I said, where are you going, Rev? Because I'm still writing and stuff, interviewing him. He said, oh, I'm going to Harvard. I said, what are you doing at Harvard? He said, oh, I'm about to have a debate. I said, who are you debating? He said, it really don't matter. Damn, I mean, like, bruh. Like, I, I, don't, it don't, I don't care. Right. I'm going to be in this battle, uh. and I'm going to whip that ass regardless. <laughs> right? That's how great he was and is. Al Sharpton is the most remarkable leader we have in present day and a man whose transformation has been astonishing from being seen as an outsider, limited in uh, in, in the minds of many of his greatness and invented himself. he He became half the man he was, like literally, mm-hmm. and then metaphorically, mm-hmm. he transformed himself into a leader that Barack Obama saw as the premier black leader in America. And Sharpton had to do something no other black leader has had to do. Deal with a black president as the power that be Mm. and hold him to account and at the same time show him love. That was an extremely difficult thing in Al Sharpton as the leader. But as an articulate spokesman, as a person who shows up to give visibility to the most serious issue we have in America today for black people, which is police brutality and the murder of our people. And Al Sharpton was doing that. I was arrested with Al Sharpton in the late 90s. Mm. Al Sharpton was on to police brutality when he was a bigger version of himself. And in those running suits, and black people were looking down at him. Oh, that's he dealing with, with thugs. He's dealing with criminals. He's always dealing with the police until their kids start dying. Mm-hmm. And now he became an American hero. So both of them yeah. incredible geniuses.
1: I can't lie to you. I I've had dinner in crust crustaceans in LA and they, was, they said Jesse Jackson is over there. That was the only like person, like slash celebrity, that right. I was scared to say hi to. I was like, well, I, I was like, well, how the fuck do you go say hi to Jesse <laughs> Jackson? I just, <laughs> I just, I just like, my my name is Noriega. Like, like <laughs> how the hell did I walk over to he yeah, you? He loved you. Yeah, yeah. I was so scared though. I was so keep scared. hope alive. Yeah. And I mean, Al Sharpton. So let me say say that um, about uh, Jesse, and of course all the beautiful things him showing up. But mm-hmm. you know, me being from New York and me, you know. Uh, getting to see I, 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 any type of, type of crime bad things that happen Al Sharpton will always Absolutely, be there I remember man. when I first got like a little bit famous just a little bit right and I would see certain things. That that would be my go-to thing. I'm calling Al Sharpton. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then people would stop. Like, yeah, yeah. what did we do wrong? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, like, oh, yeah. That was Al, I, 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 I don't know if you've ever met me or know the hell I am. Oh, yeah. But I weaponized your name a long time ago. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know if I owe you lumps or something. But I, I, I definitely will say guy. that. What? What'd you say? I'm calling oh, yeah. Al Sharpton. Yeah. And I just looked like I knew Al
4: Sharpton. And I don't That's know why? Well, <laughs> Al Sharpton comes out of that tree. Al Sharpton mm. is the greatest from exponent Jesse. of Jesse Jackson's right. uh, way of thought and way of approach, and Jesse from from King. So that's a hell of a triumvirate.
1: Uh, okay, hold on. What's good? One, the next
4: one. He? Tyson or Ali? <laughs> I'd have to say Muhammad Ali. I love Mike Tyson too, though, mm-hmm. just in terms of fisticuffs. But Ali was so huge in terms of what he meant. Mm -hmm. in terms of off-stage, off the canvas, outside the boxing ring. I'll give you a Muhammad Ali story if you want to hear it. Oh, hell yeah! So, um, again, I was one of eight scholars who was invited to give papers on Muhammad Ali. So I talked about his rhetoric, and his daughter was rapping then. Mm. So I talked about the relationship between his dog you know, uh, light as a butterfly... What is it? Light as a butterfly, sting Sting like like a bee. bee, you know. And... Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, and I was talking about doggerel poetry and its relationship to hip hop. So anyway, so I got a chance to hang out with him, ask him questions. I said, "You were wrong about Malcolm X, weren't you?" He said, "Yes, I was." Because remember, he split with Malcolm
1: with the the, the minister, uh,
4: Muhammad, Uh, and he showed me pictures of him and him and uh, uh, Elvis Presley, two pretty, two pretty men, that kind of thing. Then about a year later, we see him coming through the airport. And I, you know, I tell my wife he'll, he'll never remember me. You know, it's just it was just a magical day. So we get closer, and I go up to him. I said, Mr. Ali, I said, you know, my name is Michael Eric Dyson, and and before I could finish, he leaned over. He said, "You that nigga that can talk." <laughs> I said, I wear that with pride. <laughs> I'm that nigga that can talk. Yes, sir. But he was an amazing, amazing transformative figure Yeah, man. tyson was a bad boy too i mean tyson was equally Im- important in terms of the culture uh in terms of style in terms of his presence his complications uh his changes and what he's become right now it's pretty remarkable
1: yeah. see i always pick tyson over ali uh-huh. and, I, I, and people chastise me for this i pick floyd over ali right i got to see as o- a fighter
4: as i got fighter. Yeah, yeah yeah i got as to fight all the
1: floyd fights yeah, Floyd was... Most of Ali Fights breaks. I got to see was on rerun. Right, was on right, right, tapes. And when my father watched it, my father would always tell me what happened before. Right. He, he'd be like, watch, watch the left. Like, <laughs> what, why are you telling me, <laughs> Like, I'm sitting here trying to learn, right. and he would he would always
4: do that. Right. So
1: that's the, that's the reason why. Well,
4: yeah, but I mean, Floyd is a fighter just right. on the fight game. Yeah. be hard to say he wasn't the greatest, man. Yeah. A defensive fighter. I sat down with him and did the an HBO special, and we talked about his uh, fighting okay. as well. Yeah, yeah, I love Floyd. That's my... Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Master P or Birdman? <laughs> I'm
4: going to have to go Master P. Okay. I don't own no plane. I don't own no dope. I don't ship no do- dope from coast to coast, you know? Ooh. Come on, man. I don't own no plane. I don't own no boat. I don't ship no dope from coast to coast. Yeah. Come on. Uh! Uh. He made grunting in the bathroom and national silence. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a, he's a wonderful, sublime human being. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Nipsey
1: hustle or Easy e
4: Nipsey, I got to go. Nipsey, we want Easy. I mean, I, I loved Easy, but uh, Nipsey Hustle. Let me give me my Nipsey Hustle story, yes, if you okay, don't mind. Yes, please. So uh, I'm getting on a plane from L.A. to New York, and I'm getting into my seat. Walter Mosley, the great writer, is on mm-hmm. the right. Van Jones on the left. I'm on this plane, and this young man gets in, and he says, uh, "Excuse me, are, are you Michael Eric Dyson?" I said. Yes, sir, I am. He said, wow, I read your books. Mm. I said, are you Nipsey Hussle? He looked at me like... He said, yes, I am. I said, and I pulled out my, my iPhone and I had his latest <laughs> right. marathon playing right there. He was like, oh, my God. I said, oh, I ain't talking to dog. I live it. You right, know? Right, right. And so for three and a half, four, four hours, four and a half hours, we had a nonstop conversation. Right. Mostly led, by the way, by Nipsey Hussle. Mm. Wow. His intelligence, his curiosity, his wanting to know things. You're right. To pick my brain, ask me certain things, respond to certain things. A remarkable, remarkable human being.
1: Right. Damn, that's what's up. Rest in peace to them both. Yep. Yeah, rest in yeah. peace to them both. Yay or Pharrell? <laughs> oh,
4: damn. You know them both. Uh, I do. Yeah, drink up. So okay. uh, <laughs> <let> me, <laughs> Pharrell, look, they're both geniuses. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Mm-hmm. Pharrell changed the sonic landscape in his own right, too.
1: Right.
4: Kanye, and, and a performer mm-hmm. with Chad Hugo and mm-hmm. with the uh, Neptunes. So mm-hmm. remarkable. What Kanye did as a rapper, right? Maybe arguably before Kanye, it was, say, Dr. Dre in terms of can rap and control the maestro, you know. Right. So, you know, because people, look, look, Dre had skills on that yeah. microphone. I mean, it just, don't he's, dismiss it, He's I mean, one of the
1: dopest no, producer one, of rappers I mean, ever. Come yeah. on,
4: right? Yeah. So then you, but Kanye comes along with that backpack mentality and the honesty that he has. The ability to bring together a most deaf and a Talib Kwali and a Jay mm. just to get by, just to get mm. high, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to bring them together, to bring Jay together with um, the spoken word artist Jay Ivey mm-hmm. on his first album to have themes about social justice, about wanting material things, about your own hypocrisy. Right. I mean, Kanye's transparency was astonishing or is astonishing as an artist. And his ability to evolve and to grow and to make incredible music, not only for the ear in the, in the radio, on the radio in the car, but in stadiums and to transform the sonic landscape. And then to bring that all together and continue to evolve and grow uh, is damn remarkable. But yet when you think about what Pharrell has done, in terms of the architecture of sound and his high intelligence and his reflection about the aesthetic accoutrements that constitute a a powerful expression of identity through music, you just they're both geniuses.
1: Thank you. Yep, that's, that's why we drunk up. Okay, Pete, um, Primo or Pete Rock? Frank,
5: yeah, you're gonna drink. Okay, that. all right, um, cool.
1: Just so you know, Pete Rock, when I come to sh- to work every day, we come here, I have to pass by this mural. There's a mural of Pete oh, Rock. Oh, man. And I don't want to drive here. I don't want to come here unless man. we go through there and I just look at it. I don't get out and take a picture. It's right, it's right out of the block. Right. But I have to see it because it's a big mural of Pete Rock. And I feel like this is my way of paying homage coming to hip hop. I mean, just looking come at on, man. Pete Rock mural. And
4: then uh, Pete Rock and then the CL Smooth combination. I mm. mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just both of them, just so fertile, yes, so so creative at a, at a crucial part of hip hop history.
1: Okay, bad boy or Death
4: Row? Hmm. I mean, Death Row was Snoop. I like your Snoop impressions. I mean, yeah. <laughs> your, your, your Snoop it's I the capital S o yes, fresh and double O P. E O G Y D O G G, you see. Showing much flex when it's time to wreck a mic, pimping holes in the clock and the grip like my name is Dolomite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt. But I mean, Biggie? Yeah. I mean, Little Kim? Like, wow. I mean, though, Defro with Pac as well. Ooh, I'm gonna have to give the the edge to 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 bad boy.
1: Yeah. It's funny you said when you how you brought up Biggie. You know that's what changed my life. Um, one day I'm chilling in the Bronx. I think it was happening at a restaurant. I'm outside smoking a cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes no more. Right. But I, was, I then I, I did, and this woman comes up to me and she just starts talking to me. I'm talking to her. It's a platonic conversation, but she said to me, "Man, it's boring. I wish a Biggie record was out." Mm. And she said it as if like Biggie was like going to great adventure. <laughs> right, and I was just like, what? I was like, what did you say? And, and I've just started rapping. I just started. Well, I've right. been was rapping. It's just I just started getting on. Right. And that's the reason why I made Super Thug. What, 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 what Pharrell? This prior to Pharrell. Because I, I I remember me telling him, I want a vent record. Yeah. And, and, and I remember, like, I don't know if he said, What is an event record? Or someone in the room said, What is an event record? And I was right. like, one more chance, <laughs> right? Like, I want right. my version of one more chance, and um, it was because this stranger that I didn't know, right? Just, just, just told me the most genius thing ever. She said, I, 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 "It's boring out. I wish Biggie had a record." That's crazy. Like as if that was something to do. Like, like to right. me, she described it like, "I wish I could go to great adventures." And I was just looking at her. I was like, she changed my fucking life. Yeah, that's
3: met, that's, met that's up for That's like, an epiphany moment. Met right? up for
1: like three minutes, and Isn't then that, that, that was it. Wow. But all right, um this is, the, this is the last question, mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially for Quick Time with Slime. Everyone thinks it's a trick question. Me and EFN thinks it's, not it's pretty much a, right. not. Right. Um, loyalty or respect?
4: Damn. That's deep. I say loyalty. Mm-hmm. Because if you have loyalty, respect is built in. You can have respect, but not be loyal
1: hmm That's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. Mm-hmm. So, man, I just want to thank you. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know you got to take the flight. I just want to no, thank you. I want to stay but, here and hang yeah, out with yeah. y'all. I want to uh, thank you. And before, we, before I also want to say, you know, to our fans and to the people, you know, we have a responsibility uh, to, to, to deliver.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, we're, we're not politicians, right. but we're not dumb.
4: Right, Oh, uh, absolutely. So that's
1: the reason why I apologize. Like as a journalist, right. I could have left the, the the interview up.
4: Right.
1: I could have said that's just his views and that's it. Right. But the minute that I heard that anybody from George Floyd family was offended, right. I took it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, uh, excuse me. When I say I, I mean us. Right. offended, right. Just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, you know what? We had we had conversations. We had multiple, um, conference calls. Right. And. You know, like I said, like we said earlier with 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 the COVID, like you know, I got to see this. Right. So you know, big up to the, my brother Kanye. You know, uh, he tried to get me to watch this documentary, and I just was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Right. I don't care if you show me a documentary. Right. It just, I, I the eight minutes that I saw, is is is, is more powerful.
4: It's irresponsible.
1: So so yeah. I would like to say for our yeah. platform, and we did nothing wrong. We didn't say no. this rhetoric. We didn't say, no. but. Us not being responsible enough to just say, "Yo, you know what? If something in there is that's gonna that it might may hurt people," because I believe in free speech, yeah. but I don't believe in free speech when it hurts people. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I got I, I can say, you know, whatever. But if if, if I'm hurting you, I want to tell you I, I apologize. That's so, right. so anybody that was hurt by what Kanye said on our platform wasn't right. us. Right. You know, we, we we sincere about this shit.
4: That's right. That's right.
1: You know, I, I I we have we have Jeezy in the can. We have all these other things in the can. But it was more important for me to sit down with you. I remember mm-hmm. how you sat down with Bill Moore that's after right. that. And you are our people. That's why in the intro I said, my brother. He's your Thank brother. You, my brother. And Thanks. you know, for the, for the people out there, like you said about cancel culture, because. I don't want to be cocky. Y'all can't cancel us. Oh, right. I don't want to be cocky, but we own our own shit. Right. We're doing the responsible shit. This is, there's no one telling us, yo, don't do this or don't do that. We're doing it. We owned up our own shit. Yes, that's we beautiful. We sat there and we said, you know what? Let's own up. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And for a lot of people who, who are sitting there saying, you know what? Well, why is Nori only apologizing? Uh, why is not EFN apologizing? Y'all don't complain when Nori talks all the fucking... Take up all the fucking episode. I right. represent him then. I'm representing him now. Right. We are together. We are collectively. And we are apologetic. We I, we said sorry. We, can, we put out reports on The Hollywood Reporter. We all make mistakes. But I'm, that's why I'm here to learn. They say the mistake is not the mistake. It's about how you react to the mistake. That's right. And that's the reason why we did it. And I got so many people that's calling me saying, yo, you, you did the right thing. First off, you did the right thing by the, the interview, and then you did the right thing by letting them talk. Right. But they're doing it privately.
3: Right, 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 right. The, the they're doing private it privately. That's The right. texts are, yeah, exactly. The support it, it's, is there.
1: It's, it's great, but they saw what we was going through out there. And right. what I would like to say is, one, that's who we are. We are people, right. who, we can't know we made a mistake until we know we made a mistake.
4: That's Right. That's
1: <laughs> like, right. That's I don't right. I don't get why people think that if we we're supposed to premeditate, like, holy shit. But anyway, <laughs> like right. how, how you know how how you know it's hot until you fucking actually burn yourself. You know, That's your mom right. your mom's always told you the stove is hot. Don't go over there. Right. But your dumb ass still put your finger in there, right? And you didn't know it was a mistake. Sometimes you went like this and it didn't you didn't actually touch it, so right. you just got a little hot and you didn't know if it was gonna burn. But right. it wasn't until you put your fucking finger on that shit and your your finger bubbled up and you saw that white thing that you said That's this right. is a mistake. That's right. That's and right. Let me, let me, try to, let me try to correct this. So this is what we're trying to do. And we could have left it up. We could have left it up on, you know what? This is our journalistic point. We didn't do that. Right, right. We said we don't want to give views off of that. If that's something that offended a family of a person that I saw,
5: mm-hmm. then
1: I, and this, it it, it it could affect my relationship with Kanye. But what I did first was I called him. Right. I didn't want him to hear from the media right. that it was taken down. Right. I called him like a man. Right. And I said, maybe politics ain't my game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and so I appreciate you. But yeah, we cause, appreciate Because we're in the fire right now. We got a couple more days and we'll be out the fire, hopefully. But right now we're in the fire. And you, you know, reaching out to me. Yes, sir. And I remember i I seen the text, and I said, who, who is this? And he said, I said, oh, shit, I called you immediately. I said, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't even wait for you to call back. I said, hey, man, yo, listen. And It's yes. necessary. It's yes, necessary. Sir. It's necessary for us not to be chastised, for us to be corrected the same way the yes. the same way, the same way, way, we want him to be corrected. That's but, right. But y- y'all know we this culture. Y- y'all know this, we this culture. We, you know, that's why I love brothers like Killer Mike and Talib Kweli and Q-Tip and all these people who right. called me. And, you know, they laughed at first because they was like, man, we, you should have knew not to stand next to him. <laughs> right. But, you know, for real, I said for real, I said for real, uh, every, everyone who called me, Fat Joe, Fat um, Joe, uh, everyone who called me. So, uh, you know, I want to really thank you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. For, uh, for standing next to us and, and schooling us and helping us out. Okay.
4: What you're doing is important, and you're brave and courageous, and you're honest, right? and you're admitting a mistake, which is what we all make and all right. do. You didn't intend it, like you said. Right. You're not literally responsible for Kanye. You mm-hmm. gave him a platform. Mm-hmm. He said some things that are deeply, profoundly problematic, mm-hmm. anti-Semitic, Against George Floyd's family, mm-hmm. that really are anti-black, mm-hmm. and to have the courage to call them and tell them, but mm-hmm. also to do this publicly, mm-hmm. uh, to grapple with it, is extremely necessary. So I salute both. Salute both of you. Mm-hmm. I watch your shows every every segment. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Thank so you. thank you for having thank
1: me you. on. Mm-hmm. Appreciate a great episode it's it's mad
3: entertaining i didn't drink to the end i was i was so (laughs) scared Uh -uh, uh -uh, they gonna get me twice thanks for joining us for another episode of drink champs hosted by yours truly dj efn and nore please make sure to follow us on all our socials that's at drink champs across all platforms at the real noriega on ig at noriega on twitter mine is at who's crazy on ig at DJ EFN on Twitter, and most importantly, stay up to date with the latest releases, news, and merch by going to drinkchamps.com. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week